0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this extra long episode of Mind Pump. <laughs> sort of long-winded, huh? So the first 50 minutes, uh, we just have our fun introductory conversation. We don't talk too much about fitness, but here's what we talked about in that first half. First off, we mentioned Four Sigmatic's. Mushroom matcha latte with how do you say it, Doug? Maitake. Maitake. Thank Ooh, you so, very much. It's so good. Maitake. Uh, it. It's really good, right? Matcha latte. Maitake is an adaptogen herb. Uh, excuse me, mushroom. And uh, Adam actually likes the way this one tastes. Finally, I could I could talk about Four Sigmatic. It's a it's a, it, and it feels good. It's a it's a feel good one. Four Sigmatic is one of our sponsors. If you go to their website, f o u r s i g m a t i c com forward slash mind pump, for forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order. Then we talked about Adam and Taylor's Romantic Snowboard Weekend. Stupid <laughs> romantic had a good time. So sweet. <laughs> we talked about Thrive Market and some of the snacks we like to purchase on there for ourselves and for our kids. Now Thrive Market is the largest online retailer of non-GMO organic products and skincare products, and pet care products, and household cleaning products. It's actually an awesome website. It's a one-stop shop. They are one of our sponsors. If you go to ThriveMarket.com forward slash Mind Pump, we will hook you up with one month free membership and twenty-five percent off your first order. Then we talked about the Manhattan retail space on uh, what is that Fifth Avenue? It's uh, people are leaving in droves. Mm. What's going on? Is the storefront going to become a thing of the past? Uh, we talked about Retail's football. Dead. We had a lot of sports talk here, and I contributed. Yay for ah, me. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. We talked about the Patriots and their winning culture. And then, of course, it got sad, and we talked about the brain changes of kids who play one season of football. Damn it. Then we got into the fitness questions. The first fitness question was, uh, do we believe that you can become addicted to food? Is it a myth? Is food addiction a myth, or is it a real thing? Uh, next question. Next question. Do we believe the hypothesis that humans are only meant to squat as much weight as they can clean and press over their head and put onto their back? Apparently, some people are saying should not be able. you shouldn't squat more weight than that. Uh, we think they're wrong, and the evidence is Justin's glutes. Hey, hey. They look good. Look at uh, them. The next question is, uh, <laughs> uh, why is there a stigma around hypertrophy training in some athletics, in particular mixed martial arts? Hypertrophy referring to bigger muscles not just stronger muscles not just better performing muscles but muscles that are actually bigger pulsating why is it some people are uh especially in mixed martial arts are saying don't get bigger it's not good for performance we have a good discussion there and the final question this person wants to know how we got so good at communicating why thank you uh (laughs) is it because of practice this part Uh, was really long-winded are there books you can read um and we went off on our awesomeness on that part uh, also, this month, the flagship foundational workout program, the most popular workout program that we have, it's great for boosting your metabolism, building muscle, getting stronger. Maps anabolic, fifty percent off. All you got to do is go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code RED50. R E D five zero, no space and you'll get 50% off. It's also getting revamped, so if you already have the program uh, or, and you've had it for a long time or if you enroll in it now at the 50% off, you'll get updated as soon as the updated version comes out. I'd also like to mention we have a lot of other fitness programs. We have fitness programs for bodybuilders, people who like to do unconventional type of training, people who want correctional exercise because maybe they have aches and pains. All of those programs can also be found at mapsfitnessproducts.com.
1: T-shirt toss. And it's t-shirt time. Oh, it's
2: my favorite time of the week. Today,
1: the day. Well, I got to say, there's not many reviews this week. About 12 total between Facebook and iTunes. Bullshit. It's crazy. All right. What the hell's going on? I don't know what's going on. But uh, I know how people can can correct that. People
0: don't like free shit anymore? Well, look, your odds of winning a free Mind Pump t-shirt, and let me tell you something right now, these t-shirts have been tested and have improved the strength of... In several they're of our tests, almost test, bulletproof. Several of our test subjects uh, don't test them on bullets, and don't think you can lift more when you wear them. I made that part up, but they're really nice. They're really nice t-shirts. Here's what you do: go to Facebook, go to the public mind pump page, leave a review. If we like it, our
1: judge Doug will decide you may win a free t-shirt. All right, and the winners are: uh, we have three winners: two from iTunes, one from Facebook. From iTunes, we have A Coontz twenty-three, ADF. Twenty five. Yeah. Did you say Koontz different? Koontz. Coons. Koontz. Koontz. <laughs> I feel like it says something else. <laughs> you can look it up yourself. <laughs> and then on Facebook, we've got Thierry Bessegato. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and include your Instagram Instagram handle, and we'll get that shirt right out to you.
2: That is the low first, low. the first product of theirs. What I like.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yes. You mean the taste
2: for for Sigmatica? Yeah, the taste. Yeah, I yeah. know that we we've talked about the product working. Yeah, you
0: it. like the FX? It's the taste that you always have a problem with. I know because it's not flavored, you know, icy flavored yeah. <laughs> ice cream stuff. <laughs>
2: right. No, I mean, and that, and that's by no means is amazing, but it's Donut it's flavor. got a good taste to it. Yeah, I could, I could get the, down with that.
0: Well, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this mushroom. I always say it wrong. Uh, it's uh, my my, tucky, my How do you, how do you it's pronounce maca. that? No, 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 no. Matcha. No. Yeah, yeah, it's matcha powder, which is green. So you guys know what matcha, first of all, we should talk about that. You guys know what green tea is, obviously. Yeah. Matcha comes from these young green tea leaves that are raised in the shade. Hmm. And what? because they're raised in the shade, they uh, produce more antioxidants. Yeah, because you put it in like a shot. Right, uh, matcha. Yeah, they dry it and ground it up and turn it into powder. And so when you look at uh, when you drink traditional matcha tea, <clears> it's <throat> it's produced in a, a specific way. But I love it. I love matcha tea. The taste is okay. It's kind of grassy. Hmm. Not this, but when you drink actual no, matcha.
2: I I like. I mean, no, this is good. Yeah, Rachel just brought in. Is it a new product for Sigmatic is doing or they they've had, had it for a little while? They've had it for a while,
0: but the, it's got Maitake which is this mitake. mushroom uh, that because you know, Four Sigmatic specializes in in mushrooms which is a mushroom that has some interesting anti-cancer properties and immune-boosting properties. Hmm. And, it's of course, it's an adaptogen. Most of these mushrooms are adaptogens. They help the body deal with stress. Yeah. Um, but it's a good combination with, with matcha because matcha is going to have a little bit of caffeine probably, be a little invigorating, combine it with the mataki, I hope I'm saying it right. And it should be a an- Am I saying it wrong, Doug? I don't know. We're just going to oh. <laughs> I always hate being this guy. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know it's just, Doug's making his face every time I say it like, ooh, you know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, just, yeah, like yeah. nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. Doug, when you were in Japan, um, a lot of our listeners don't know that you lived in Japan for a long time. I did. When you were there, did you ever have traditional matcha tea where they'd use the
1: brush and they. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, they have a whole ceremony around. The matcha tea—it's very specific, right? The way they serve it. Yeah, they like turn the bowl in a certain way. They have a little whisk that they whisk it. Uh, It's quite involved, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. So, do you know
0: why I know this? Why is that? Karate Kid. Do you remember, ah. remember when he goes to, oh, when he goes to Japan? Ah, Sodesuka. Yeah. No, when he, <laughs> what'd you say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so desu ka. Oh, okay. When he goes to Japan and- um, okay. I don't remember that part. Yes, it was the one was that was- Cry was Kid 2. Yes. Oh, I love you, yeah, Justin. Yeah, yeah. He always remembers. Yeah,
3: because that was the one where he did the whole uh, meditative, where he hacked through all the ice.
0: Yes. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> and he falls in love with the Japanese girl. Yeah. And she serves him the tea. Remember, she's yeah. like it has to turn a particular way. He has to sit a particular way. That mm-hmm. was matcha tea that she was giving him. I see. Damn yeah. it! Yeah. 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 I, can't, I don't
2: remember that. Still. You don't remember part no. two? It wasn't that good. Uh, I gotta stop. That was the worst weed. one. And he finally
3: learned how to like <laughs> manicure the little uh, trees. These, these, yeah, these are the side trees.
2: effects. I've decided because nothing else. I feel like I have side effects from, but I forget. I know I've watched that
3: at one point. Uh. I <laughs> I've only seen it once or He's twice. He's like, not. what's your name? Yeah. Justin, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah,
1: that's what it is. Right. Doug, Doug so that, did that, you
3: take any of those rituals, and, and, and do you still do them today? Like, uh, you know, like for, for tea or whatever, like from Japan?
1: And I never learned them. Mm. So when I make a cup of tea, I just take some tea and throw some hot water in it, and mix it up. Yeah. That's you, how I work
0: Do you, it. is there anything that you learn from the Japanese that you continue to do now? Like, do you take your shoes off when you're home? I do. do you, oh, yeah. Right. yeah, I'm
1: very religious about taking my shoes off. It It, makes sense. I mean, think about it. You're not mm. tracking a bunch of dirt into your house. So I didn't grow up like that,
0: right? We always wore our shoes in the house, and now we always take our shoes off. And you're right; it makes total sense. Because think about like you go in public bathrooms, you're walking around on the sidewalk. Oh, we I grew up this way because we lived out in
2: in the country, and we had white carpets and we had red dirt everywhere, and so it was like mandatory we take our shoes off. So I was trained. And then when I bought my place, it was white carpets too. So. This is the first house that I think I haven't really taken
3: my shoes off, but it's all wood floors. Yeah, and you clean. I them all just time. finally got yeah. rid of all my carpet on the stairs. I'm so happy. It's all, now it's all wood floors.
0: Oh, did you get wood put in or did you put it in?
3: Uh, yeah, I had somebody do it mm. this time. Thank God.
2: Do you ever... still have a tree branch in your roof? <laughs> no, oh. I took
3: that out, Okay, but I out. have a hole there still. Yeah, I had to put like a tarp on it for now until I could fix it. Super
2: ghetto. You're like one of those people <laughs> yeah, like, they are yeah. driving.
3: They drive along. That's, it, that's the worst part is because like where I live, there's, this, it. it's like on a hill. So you can, the, the road actually goes so you can <laughs> see down at oh, yeah, my house on yeah. the top of my house. Yes. Yeah,
2: so so totally like see. a trash bag. Yeah. You know, like when people yeah. have their window broken yeah. and they... They duct tape like a it, trash bag it's or a lot like that <laughs> those are my favorite cars uh, and then you look inside the back it's backseat, embarrassing it's a bunch
0: of empty you know, coke cans and uh, you know mcdonald's wind bags. blows and it's like yeah, whoosh, whoosh. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, Fuck. i love i love the japanese culture i can't i've never been to japan but it's one of my it's all my bucket list 100 i want to yeah. go so bad i want to go now too
1: Oh, good,
3: yeah. I'm in
0: now. Well, I want to get a samurai sword.
2: Well, I, I oh, watched, yeah. really I watched like a YouTube special or some shit on sneakers, oh, and they course. have like a super sneaker culture over there. I didn't even
3: know about
0: it. Oh, really? It. I you feel know, like such a of dude, all, their, their
3: karaoke bars are probably
0: awesome. Of all developed nations, it's one of the safest in the world. Period, like end of story, like, like theft, uh, uh violence. It's one of the most respectful societies. And, uh, I, you know, the reason why I'm so fascinated with Japanese culture is because I did judo as a kid. And the judo school that I went to was, people who live in San Jose know where the San Jose Buddhist uh, church is downtown. Mm. And it, the judo school I went to was called San Jose Buddhist Judo Club because it was in next to the Buddhist church. And it was very traditional. And Japanese t- judo traditional is very, it's it's around respect. So like you bow. You say certain things, you have to be a certain way. You roll the mats out in the beginning. At the end, everybody stays afterwards and cleans the mats. So the students have to clean the mats before and after. Then, when you go do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is based on, you know, the Brazilians are just so relaxed. Like the instructor shows up 10 minutes late. Hey, what's going on? Hey, everybody, hey, shake hands. All right, let's go. It's a totally different atmosphere than the Japanese. But the Japanese, I was so fascinated with them. So I want to go. And they really revere their, older, their elderly they over do. there. Yeah, which uh, a society based on um, a lot of honor. I, I I don't know if this is true, but you know when they had the the Fukushima uh, nuclear plant plant or whatever that, that mm-hmm. got, you know from the earthquake. Yeah, they they needed volunteers to dive under there to I don't know do some work or some to take a look at it or whatever. But the people who go down there, even though they would wear protective suits, they knew like if I go under. I'm, pro- I'm going to dramatically increase my risk of cancer and probably die. Um, and so they needed volunteers. And you know who volunteered to do it? Hmm. Elderly people. Elderly people who said, I don't have that much longer to live anyway. I'm already, whatever, 75, so I'll go do it. So they all these elderly people volunteered wow. to dive under. To I that's read this shit. story. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. That's a crazy story, right? That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Anyway, what did you guys do this weekend? I was up uh, snowboarding with Taylor. Oh yeah. yeah, you're like a snowboarding machine right now. Well, you know,
2: he's a snowboarder. I made a I made a commitment to. It was just the two of you. Yeah, just two of us.
0: Did you guys share a hotel room just and everything. Just the two of you.
2: We did. Okay, we did. Not a bed, but just a hotel yeah, room. Yeah, a right. few try. Yeah,
0: nobody's nobody's asking questions.
2: Yeah, no, he uh, he uh, brought up to me I think last year sometime that he rides, and I had just tore my Achilles, and and I bought a board because I had this intentions to ride more. I bought a new one. And then I would never got to ride it, and you know he brought it up, and I said no. This year I said I'm I'm gonna ride, and he's like really are you are you seriously gonna ride a lot? And I said yeah, no, absolutely. I, I plan to ride myself. I said, but if if you know you want to go, and so he went and got all new gear and geared up, and he's been like constantly you know telling me like when are we gonna go, when are we gonna go, and I said hey let's go. I'm down. So we've already this is the four that's my fourth ride already this this uh- now how well Damn. did you do
0: compared to him because he's young you know what I mean <clears throat> he's a kid. Yeah. And, and he's good and too. And, yeah, and he's good. Yeah, he's no, he's athletic. Ride. No, you he guys going in the
3: half pipe and all that or are you just No. Cutting?
2: No, I'm not. You know, that's you know, it's funny. That's a young man's game. Every time I go now, which is going to get annoying. Every time I if this is going to be the, the 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 typical DM that I get. Like everybody if I do stories, which by the way, I'll fucking stop doing stories if people keep doing it. They they bug me about no helmet.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. And Don't I'm like get out of here with the helmets. I rode I rode for
1: 15
2: <laughs> I
3: ro- I rode, I rode
1: for I 15 make my kids years them,
2: before helmets even hit the scene. Like yeah. helmets didn't hit the scene until like 10 years ago. Yeah. It just got popular to like wear a helmet and then and then what I've seen happen is it's turned into like a trendy thing. And back when I was riding when early early on if you wore a helmet, you were like part of the ski team, and you were doing like four flips in the air. You yeah, say like that, and you were going fucking hundred miles. Yeah, you gotta an do hour.
0: like really like crazy shit. Yeah, I mean we were wearing.
2: We were riding at parks and hitting tabletops and kickers, and yeah,
0: but we uh, also came from the generation that we were we were jumping over our friends on our BMX yeah. bikes. Right. No. Baref- we had we rode our bikes barefoot. We're, yeah, home. we're not wrapped
2: in bubble tape. No. So yeah. So I get maybe that's why it it bothers me a little bit. I'm just <laughs> like no. I said you know I, no. I'm not gonna. You wear know what sucks helmet.
0: about that is when people hammer. You about something like that, and then God forbid something happens. I know, like, yeah, yeah, I know,
2: right? <laughs> you feel like you're some some freak accident. I'm like, yeah, that's why I think. Uh, like, why even bring it up? Don't say it. I've been yeah, riding for twenty years alive. now, and I've never had any problems. How about you? Don't fucking yeah. say anything. But right. yeah, so we're not we're not riding uh that aggressive. But I mean, we're I mean, we're moving. I mean, Taylor and Taylor can ride for sure. He's uh, he's been riding obviously.
0: Now, are you me. able to keep up with him or or yeah, he's. He's having a, he kept up with me a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, he, that's nice. How's that feel? You know, it feels good to be the
2: old guy who could still, still move, you know? Yeah. yeah I think, uh, I saw somebody if, get a little
3: sleepy on the way home there.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, I was, I was, te- well, so here's the deal. Like, we <laughs> what, went if, what up- if he let you do that though? Uh, what if he's like, I'm going to let him win? No, 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 no. Oh, you yeah, can yeah. see, you can <laughs> see, you can see he wants to be in, in front of dad, you know, for uh, sure. Uh. For sure. No, he was, uh, so we, we rode last, uh, you know, a few weeks back when we were up in heavenly. And we rode uh, two days. And, man, the first day – so, I mean, I am – here's, like, the old guy of me, right? Like, I know what I need to do, just like any other sport. I ease my way in. You know, so I went and rode by myself before that, and I got a Mm -hmm. nice ride in, and I'm like, oh, you know, about seven to ten runs, and I knew I was going to be tired and my legs would be good. Like, that's enough, right? And I was trying to explain this to him that it's just like, you know, like a squat is extremely technical skill, right? snowboarding is as technical or more technical to learn how to snowboard is not easy if you've never done it before and so if the body fatigues then that's where form and mechanics go off it's no different and so that's when you're at the greatest risk of injury and if i'm going to do this right i slowly scale myself up i ride a little bit harder a little bit more aggressive a little bit more and i build up where he wanted like the first time we went out we did 15 plus runs and i'm like Hey, you know, we're going another day, right? Tomorrow? And so I told him that. So we go up this trip, same thing again. I'm like, I'm I'm trying to hold us back a little bit, like, hey, let's ease into it. And he's got the the young, young mind and young legs are like, let's go, let's go. I'm like, and I'm not gonna bow down. I'm like, okay, let's go, you know, I'll ride. So we rode all day. We were in the car for two minutes. Fucker was out, he was just <laughs> out and exhausted. Talking about, oh my god, I'm so exhausted. But it, time. but it
0: was fun. Nobody got nobody had any big hard spills or
2: anything. Yeah, no. I mean, he doesn't. Uh, both of us don't fall. I mean, unless we're fucking around doing something like messing around and trying tricks or hitting little kickers, like we might we might do a little spiel. But you know, he's he's a good enough rider that he's not. He's not going down and he's, he's moving down the hill. I never had to wait for him or anything like that. Normally when I ride with people, I have to wait unless mm. you're somebody who's been riding mm. for a really long time. My
0: buddy just recently broke his uh, tailbone uh, snowboarding, which is a yeah, terrible that, thing to that break. that happen.
2: So yeah. I have a, I have a, a cracked coccyx that's forever with me and I, I first- it's always inj- correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can't fix it. There's no, no need- there's, you can't wear a cast. Yeah, you can't do anything about <laughs> it. So I, yeah. I injured it first on a- Little donut cast. On a, Yeah. So I, on a tabletop jump when I was riding a snowboard and just board kicked out from anything landed straight on it then when I did real damage to it was when I was riding on a quad track hit a tabletop almost started to do a backflip on the quad bailed on it landed flat on it got up the adrenaline I popped up and then collapsed back down they rushed me to the hospital on the way to the hospital I lose all feeling in my right side freak the fuck out oh, i mean shit. i thought i was like going to get paralyzed i was so scared but what happened is so much it had swollen so much that it pinched, cut off the nerve yeah pinched a nerve well it,
0: it takes forever for that to heal they oh. can't put a cast on it and then many times you have permanent kind of muscle dysfunction as a result Oh,
2: so what happened so i had to wear i had to sit on this donut like all day all night and i remember i fell asleep without it one time woke up with a softball size oh. blood clot Had to go there get a drain that they're all like freaked out like you got to make sure you sit on this thing So that was and that was miserable for like a week And now if if I if I squat wrong deadlift wrong even the slightest bit off of my mechanics It flares up on that same side and I swell up So I'm really sensitive Mm. to that because it's an injury that I've never been you can't fix it Wow yeah
0: my daughter just uh, she just hurt her wrist at school She was running from some kids and then tried to stop herself on the wall so that she they called me from school, I had to go over there and, and pick her up. And you know, it's hard to. T- it's funny with wrists, especially. There was no swelling, but it hurts to move. So you never know if it's fractured or not. And then on top of that, she's dramatic. So I can't tell. Yeah. If it's I can't <laughs> tell if she's if it's like a real deal or not because one minute she'll be not saying anything, playing. The next minute she'll be like, "Oh, my mm. wrist hurts." And I'm like, and so I, I was talking. To her, I'm like, "Honey, I'm like." Yeah. If you want my attention, you could just say you want my attention. I'll give it to you, you know, because I don't know if you're telling me the truth or not. So all weekend I'm trying to trick her into using her hand to see if she's unconscious, you know, if she's she's trying to be Uh dramatic. I have no idea. So we're probably going to get an image today, and I'm going to feel real Uh, bad if it is broken. I'm (laughs) 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 I'm the worst to gauge that, yeah.
3: Like, my my son, like, hit his head really hard and, like, I'm like, ah, rub it out. You know, you're fine. It's like a goose. The next day, huge, (laughs) huge welt, black and blue. And I was like, oh, wow, that really did something to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I got him ice cream. You know, I feel so bad. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah.
0: What'd you you end up doing this weekend? You guys, did you do anything with your kids? I was just
3: working on the house and just, like, hanging out. uh, And, uh, pfft. I didn't do anything, dude. I have nothing cool to say.
1: <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I really don't. I don't have cool he's, snowboarding he's stories. Like searching
3: right there. I was he's like, like uh, waiting. I was like, did I do anything cool? No. He's like, no, 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 I did not no. do anything cool. I have, I
0: was like uh, 100% dad dadded out.
3: You know,
2: yeah. like just just hanging out.
0: I watched um, I watched more of that show, Adam. Oh, you? Yeah. How how far in are you right now? Episode four. Okay. And uh, really well made, isn't it? Yeah, because. You go from liking some characters to hating characters to liking them. Where the bad guy all of a sudden feels like he, you like him and he's a good guy, and then the the person who's the, the well victim written. Seems, mm. That's what I like about it. I, I knew, like. I knew, that I knew you would like that because yeah. I know
2: you like twisted shit, and I know you like something that's well written. And that's exactly what it is. If you're someone like that, like if you're someone who gets creeped out by the story, like, yeah, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because it, it's got a little creepiness to it.
0: It does, but it's not that bad. So yeah. it's, but the, it was really, it's really well written. Though. It's
2: the number one uh, show that I've recommended on this podcast that I've gotten the most uh, DMs back about it. Like I've had a flood of DMs since we brought it up on the show the other day of people going like, oh my God, that was a really good show. Mm-hmm. I found another one. Um, it, Amazon Prime, in my opinion, sucks for for movies, just ne- I think Netflix is so much better. You mean for
0: their own programming? Yes,
2: but every once in a while I find one, and I and my two favorite, and I've brought up uh, the marvelous Miss Mazelle, I think is what, uh, yeah, the, that that one. That one's really good. And then I just found one of the one of our listeners. Shout out to whoever it was. I can't remember. Uh, Red Oaks, really good. What's that about? Uh, so, and I'm behind, right? So I know someone who's listening right now. They're like, "You idiot!" That's on third season right now. So it's been around for a little while. It's on the third season. And it's this. It's uh. It's just like a bunch of young kids that are in their freshman year of college, that are in the summertime. They're working at this uh, tennis tennis pro club, and one of the kids is a tennis tennis pro. And it's just all the drama that happens within there. And it's just got it's got good writing. It's funny. It's a good show. It's got good acting, so a good story behind it. I think it's really interesting. I'm on – I just finished the first season. I'm just starting the second season. It's good.
0: Mm, mm. Did you see what Doug had up on the screen earlier with the, with Thrive? Did you I, guys, they, I, I walked in, and you guys were talking about snacks. They yeah. have uh, – <laughs> Doug That's and I, I were about, just having a conversation. We talking about snacks. About snacks. Yeah. No, they have these snack uh, – like, like, you can go and get paleo snack kits. You could get snack kits that are – I want to pull up the paleo snack. Yeah. Now, are these are
2: these things that you guys are using with your kids yet? I mean, do you? Yeah. Guys, is this what you guys order for your kids? I'll have them well, some all- of the
0: crackers and stuff. You yeah, know, just
3: inevitably we need some of those types of things around, uh, you know, the
0: house. Well, you're you're competing with the shitty snacks that their friends yeah. are eating. They've been conditioned, you yeah, know,
3: from going to mom, you know, my, my parents. Yeah, so you else.
0: want to give them something that's a you know that, that can compare or compete. And they have, I mean, like they like my kids like the jerky. Now what? That's from uh, that, that I get from from yeah. Thrive Market. There's those uh, the, those chips that I told you guys about last time, the grain free ones. Yeah, those, click, those look at beet chips. So look, they the have vegan snack free kits, chips, and then they have paleo snack kits. And if you click on, are you able to click on the paleo snack kits, Doug, to see if they're? So these are kits that you can uh, order, and they come with. There's all these different things Ooh, that. Tried mangoes are good. Yeah. That are so good what, for, let
2: me ask you guys this now. Obviously, we didn't know about Thrive Market. I love those chips, by the way,
0: too. The grain free oh, yeah, ones. Yeah, yes. Yeah, those yeah, are yeah, so, you guys, you've tried them. Yeah, yes. I've,
3: yeah I've been using those it's
2: quite a bit. It's
0: made with what's that root? Uh, I said it last time. Cassava. 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 Why don't we eat more cassava stuff? I don't know. That's a good question. Because it's good. You yeah. know, a lot of times when they replace grains with something else, it doesn't taste good. No, that mm-hmm. tastes good. That tastes really no, good. No, those, those taste good. You know, I'm a snob about that. No,
2: so I, what I wanted to ask you guys, because obviously, we didn't know about Thrive Market until the podcasting scene, right? So, do you guys think because you guys your kids are older now? Do you think if you would have ordered from here and had this stuff in the house early on in their early years, and they were just trained that these are the snack foods and yep. the things? Yeah. Do you think that they wouldn't want all the other shit like Doritos and all the other snack? You know the uh, well, familiar. Like what are the what are, I don't even know. Like what are kids snacking on today? That is kind of like uh, for me. I remember the, the same shit. Remember the cheese, the cheese sticks that you put in the fucking fake ass cheese and yeah, you they eat. Still have those. And they oh. still have the
3: little Ritz ones with the fake cheese in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: so like, are the are these the they thing? have all those? Stuff. Yeah, right. And and uh, what's cheese nips or whatever? Like all the <laughs> yeah, I remember nips. those. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. things like that. Unfortunate like cheese its
0: Cheez yeah. It's really good. Yeah.
2: So, are, are the kids eating, are your kids eating that type of stuff? Or, and you guys are trying to convert them to the things from Thrive or some of that?
3: Some of that. Yeah. I think that's, that's part of it. Cause the, they'll go to these, these, uh, practices or, or games and then the parents will kind of give them Cheez Its or they'll give them all these like, yeah, processed like crackers and shit. And so it is, it is somewhat like I'm trying to, provide other options so they know like if that's available this is kind of what i want to lean more towards but yeah they still they, they want to have doritos they want to have like cheetos and all
0: that shit so it still exists it, it's all about the familiarity that's what of, i mean like do you think it would have made a difference yes i do uh, probably okay. i'll give you a ex- more extreme example my cousins they just left but they were visiting from italy and sh- my cousin has two kids one is a 13 year old girl and, and the other is a nine-year-old boy <clears throat> And when they get here, I'm asking them, like, okay, you know, you're in America now because they've never been to this country before. I'm like, what do you want? Like, what are the things you want? And the nine-year-old is like, uh, F- Fiji water. I'm like, what? <laughs> F- Fiji water? I'm like, what? you want Fiji water? He goes, yeah, The the, the, the channel's on YouTube. The kids are always drinking it. I want to try it. So I'm like, this is cr- because of the fami- familiarity yeah. of Fiji water. And they, didn't, you know, obviously in their town, I guess they don't have Fiji water. He thought it was a big deal. I'm like, it's just water. But just goes to show you the familiarity wow. and how big of a difference it makes mm. for kids. Wow, so, that's interesting. And here's another one. Like, do you guys remember e- ever eating? I never remember eating fucking seaweed snacks. Do you guys remember eating seaweed snacks? I never did. No. For, it's a big thing in my kid's school. So my kids are always asking for seaweed snacks. So I buy them. I also get them from Thrive Market. They have a really good one. So my kids like it. It's all familiarity, you know what I mean? What they what they're around a lot of is kind of what they want, uh-huh. you know, more of. Um, they don't my kids never really want soda mainly because we never have it. Mm-hmm. So that's another big one. I was the same way cuz I never had it.
3: Oh, that's that's the opposite. Like Ethan always wants soda because he never gets it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big push is yeah. like, cuz like yeah, grandma and grandpa will give him like a root beer or something and mm. then You know, screw me over.
0: Did you guys uh, see the uh, article that Jackie sent us on um, Fast Fast Company? No, I can't. Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, Midtown Manhattan. I
2: saw that one, but I didn't read that one. So, or the sports one.
0: So Fifth Avenue is where you see a lot of these huge retailers will put up these kind of flagship stores. And they'll put them up, and uh, in, in, they're not necessarily trying to make money on them. It's more of like, uh, you know, part of their branding. And it's been a big deal for a long time, right? right. To have a store on uh, Fifth Avenue in in Midtown Manhattan. Well, I, I got a statistic here that I think is pretty crazy. Um, that Mariti, I saved it. The availability rate of leases at the end of 2018 was 27 and percent. Ten years ago, it was five percent just to show you how fast people wow. are moving out of yeah. retail, out of that space. It's just brick and mortar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's er, everything's direct to consumer
2: now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and well, that's
3: what meanwhile, Amazon's creating like brick and mortar spaces, which is interesting. Well, they did you know, it Amazon back on goes. They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it, but, they did they, they it's, it's no different in the market. It's, than it's just
2: how back. we built this business. Like yeah. I, I if I've always talked about it, and we've said it on the show early on that we would never open a gym like I have no desire to open a gym. Yeah. But I have a desire to open the gym now. Mm. But we built a substantial online virtual business first. Mm. That then the that can brick direct
3: it, traffic to it.
2: Right. And not only that, but then it, it doesn't matter. The brick and mortar uh, could not yeah. ha- have anybody in it. It could fail. It doesn't matter because we've already built a substantial virtual business that supports the company. That if we decide, hey, you know what? I want to build a brick and mortar because why not? Why not have like a cheers of the gym industry over here where we have our own little gym where people that know Mind Pump come in and work out. And we don't give a fuck if it has lots of memberships. And if it loses a couple of people, it's not a big deal because we don't need it to keep the lights on. Yeah. I think you're seeing that and Amazon did that, right? Amazon built a, a a massive business and so now they can go into like your Amazon Go stores and things like that, and then it makes sense.
0: So right? how do these Amazon Go stores work? You so you, you walk you walk in and
3: you, you, yeah, so you already have like your account with them and so like I guess it recognizes uh as you go in. I don't know if you sign in or what the process is, but basically like you, you log in, and so you scan whatever. You, you basically just take whatever item you want and walk out with it, yeah. and then they charge
0: you
2: automatically. Automatically. So it's, so it's, it's like it scans it. Like you go through yeah. it, like scans it all.
0: Now is it the same price as you would get it online? That's a good question. Well, I don't know that. You know, or is yeah, there a fee that. for they, the they fact might that be, you're no? I think like it a would, processing fee. Or I would think
2: it would be cheaper in person than it would be online. Yeah, there's right. No shipping involved. You, you waive the shipping,
0: but they still have to pay for a. They have to pay for a physical location, though. Mm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe I mean, it makes up the difference. Maybe I, I would think that these. I, I keep thinking that these stores are going to be more like showrooms than anything.
3: That's it, kind of what they are. It's kind of yeah. You know, but we, it's so cool though. I mean, imagine that if you know you're going to some retail location, like especially with clothes. Because that's, that's the worst thing to buy online. Like, I don't know if these shoes are going to fit. It's the, only, I don't, it's the only thing, really, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to go in and try it on, whatever, and then just walk out with it. I don't have to, like, sit there and have some goth kid check me out. You know? yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Like, I just want to get out of there.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I don't like buying clothes online because you never know if they fit and how they fit well and all that stuff. So I think that's the last bastion of uh, of retail stores. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the last thing they're kind of holding on to. I feel like it's the only yeah.
2: thing that may never go full online i feel like everything else is i think that they're because of that reason like will that ever change that you don't want the only thing that i see that and and they're obviously dipping into that is you're seeing all these different companies pop up like the trunk ones mm. uh-huh. and i know amazon has theirs too remember i brought that up like i don't know a few months ago when i saw that pop up and what's cool about the amazon trunk is it's not just one company a lot of these trunk companies they send their brand their stuff where Amazon's like, you can shop from all these different retailers and we send you I had to I heard Trump.
3: something about that. I would heard that, uh, like, really it was just like an over-glorified, uh, basically, they're, they're glorifying the fact that you could buy it and send it back. But if that's just a normal online purchase. <laughs> but they are were, were like marketing it like it was a trunk service. Do you know oh, what I'm Oh, really? Yeah. So no. Yes. No. Because that's how like you either buy it by keeping it or you ship it back. Right, right. right so what's the difference? So what's the difference with just buying it online?
2: Well, the difference with the trunk is they send it to you without buying. So the trunk sends to you like oh. three outfits. Uh-huh. You don't pay for any of it.
0: You only pay for what you and keep. And if keep it yeah, you pay for you, it.
2: Then you only pay for what you keep.
0: Yeah. And so, I know what you're saying, but What's you know, the difference, but it's I, not but, a big difference is what I'm saying. But I think well, it is working on the psychology a little bit. Oh, it's of course. Same, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean there's there's, Plus there's guys I want to. Pick I mean, I think there's on. there's
2: a big yeah. difference like I, I wouldn't go buy like I so okay, I just did this the other day. I bought um I can't remember where I bought from, but I bought uh like five or six different things, like clothes. And one of them I don't like. It got here and I'm like, ah, but I don't return it. Just It's just the hassle of having to go back and return. Now, if you ship me four or five outfits and I didn't pay for anything out of my own pocket, and then I just decide to keep whatever I want to keep or I just send it all back, I'm more likely to do that.
0: What is the return? How does the return process work typically? Do you have to... Yeah, it's a headache still. would mm-hmm. it? So I would feel like, it would, wouldn't it be in their best interest to make it as easy as it is to get something delivered? Like. You buy something, you don't like it, you just click on something on Amazon, leave it at your, leave it, just put it in a bag, put it at the front door. Right. The, the guy picks it up and, and does it all for you. Yeah, don't they, you feel like that would totally just kill everybody? Yeah. There must be some reasons why they haven't done that. It's got to be too expensive, you know what I mean, to do something like that.
3: Yeah, I don't think they've fully figured that part out yet, mm-hmm. but yeah, that would be huge yeah. to make was, that easy.
0: Was there a big game? This weekend, there's a couple it's of them. That's what I actually
3: did. Like, I didn't do anything, but I actually finally watched the football. Of football. Yeah. Did you?
0: So, watch the Rams game. That was great. So, another, another article that Jackie sent talked about, uh, I guess now that because gambling online now is officially legalized, right? Yeah,
2: March of last year. So, March of last year, it went uh, legal uh, in the U.S., so you could be anywhere. And sports betting is going. So to- it's going crazy. Oh, it's going, it's going crazy, crazy.
0: So there's this one website that I guess the the top, the the pool, the the it winning. Was, it was DraftKings. Okay, yeah, read it. Two point five million dollars. Right, mm-hmm. and the guy got fucked. Apparently, a guy because I guess what you do. I never never done this before, but he, he could you could keep betting and keep and you take your earnings and keep placing them.
2: Yeah. So the way draft I have DraftKings. All my buddies. This is how my buddies. We all play, right? So you're you get. Um, so I it's attached to my my checking account. I put over like you know let's whatever. say th- yeah whatever money. Let's just say three hundred dollars for argument's sake. Put three hundred dollars in. Then I take that three hundred dollars and I I enter into a pool, and I use all three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And what what how this guy got fucked is this? So you're there was back to back football games on, and so what a lot of these and they were part of a big tournament, and so what he was waiting for was the payout from his winnings. So he could rebet the be, yeah, yeah. So he could take that three hundred because I think it was three hundred thousand that he that he won, and so he could then take that money and then put it back in again to try and potentially win a million. Hmm. And what happened was there was such a delay and so many people probably betting that this this guy who was in the top he didn't get his money yeah, until after, his,
0: after the game started right and and he was trying and the bet he was going to put. Would have won him two and a half million dollars. Right. Dang. So. Oh,
2: how frustrating! I mean, this happens all the time. Human. If You're a
0: gambler, like this.
2: I mean, this happens to me all the time because that's a, the way I use my sports book. The same way is I, I allow myself, even though I have other monies, I only allow myself to gamble X amount of dollars, and then I I play on my winnings. So then, like, if I, that, and that's to me, I don't know. I think this is a, a smarter way to to gamble. So you're not. And you're not a degenerate and you're not constantly oh you lose and you're back into your own money you're back and then you just keep going going. if I if I put in X amount of dollars and I agree to myself okay this weekend I'm gambling a $1,000 worth of whatever in football bets and this is how I do it and then I have small bets that lead up to that well once if that money's gone and I lose it in the first game I'm done mm-hmm. I don't go and put more money back into my account so I can gamble now if I win I gotta wait until my bookie clears that and then Pays me, so I can then bet again, and so that that's what happened. And with that many people online and that close to the games back to back, like I'm sure it happened to quite a few people. And I've been in situations like that too, where I want to get that's a, so frustrated yeah, get a bet in really quick, and then you miss.
0: Wow, yeah, You so know, it's, it's funny. Of course, you wouldn't have complained had it had you bet yeah, on the wrong and, and lost, right? Yeah. So
2: that's why, and and that's the reason why too. I, I was surprised that it made as big a news as it did, maybe just because of the amount of money we were talking about. But I mean, that's happened to me also many times where I'm like, fuck, I'm all mad because I didn't get a bet in. And then it, like you didn't go the right way. I'm like, oh, good thing I didn't. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I got to keep 500. Save my ass. Yeah, yeah, save your ass. Who so who's, so
0: did your team win?
2: Was there? I feel like no. Danny was talking shit yeah, to you. That's that's, I gave him a little yeah. shout out. His post, he talks shit. To, he's a Rams Poor fan. Poor Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, he's a Rams fan. I'm a Cowboys fan, and uh, you know, I'm sure he's a bandwagon fan. Yeah. Fucking Rams fan. Who's a Rams fan? <laughs> Who the
3: fuck is my a Rams? best friend, dude? You yeah, a that that friend that's a, a Rams fan? Yeah, forever. Oh, yeah. And he used to talk shit all the time because I was a Niner fan. He'd be like, 40 winers. And I'm just like, shut. <laughs> <laughs> 41. Yeah, that's not even like, that's so creative. Work.
2: Yeah. yeah. But uh, what's more impressive about what's happening right now in they're football good right now. is the So pa- is,
0: are they are they the no, NFC no champions? No not yet. No, no, so no. we
2: have no. next weekend is AFC and NFC championship. Yeah. So oh, okay. you have there's so four there's four teams left. Patriots Two games. Yeah Patriots Patriots play the Chiefs. Patriots for, again? Well that's so that's what I was alluding yeah, to. Man. So I think that's more if there's any talk right now about football that I think is really neat is neat or is cool is the Patriots are on their eighth year in a row of going into a title game. That is fucking crazy. Now, who,
0: how many Super Bowls do they have? Uh, they're on five? five? Yep. Yeah, I think it's five. Who's got the most Super Bowls so D- far? D- D- Google that it, for me. St- is it still... Um, Steelers. Is it, Steelers. Steelers.
2: There's, there's a tie right now. There's yeah. a tie between... The Steelers? Are you sure? You're gonna hit me with sports trivia right now? You dick! I wasn't ready for that. Well, I don't know. I know I would but never. I would have never is... thought you were going to take us to, yeah. to sports.
0: Well, more. I know that each decade has their team that was dominated. That dominated. Right, the '70s was the Steelers. '80s was the Niners, and Niners then I stopped caring after that. Had what three with? Montana, so New England has with, yeah. four, five, and then uh, yeah, New England has five uh, uh, Super Bowl championships. How many did the Niners have? The Niners have more than that, don't they? No. No. I Stealer, the nin- I Steelers they Okay, five, listen. Too.
2: Steelers are number 1 with 6. Then you have the Patriots with 5, and then you have the Cowboys with 5, the Niners with 5.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So so number 1 is the Steelers. Yes. Yeah. Number okay. 1 is
2: Steelers. They go this year they'll be These are these are wins, right? This Now the Patriots have been there more than any other team. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're you're asking wins, right? So yeah, I was asking mm-hmm. wins. Yeah, so Steelers have the most wins with 6. Patriots, everybody else is five. Patriots are five, Cowboys are five, and San Francisco is five. And then as far as the most ever, like nobody touches the Patriots, Patriots have actually been there nine or ten times. Nine times. Wow. No, That's ten, ten crazy, times. Excuse dude. me, ten times. Well, ten times. I
0: mean, it just goes to show like there's there's a winning formula and um, yeah. that winning formula wins. Belichick what, and Brady. What I like about – because I stopped – Paying attention to football after you know when I was a kid, I stopped caring. But I, I was a big Niners fan when I was a young kid, and I used to love watching NFL films and all that. And what I remember watching these films was how these teams would change how the game was played. Because you'd have like the Steelers dominate in the seventies, oh, yeah, and the they changed Coast how off- defense was yeah. played. And then you know the the, the, the Niners changed how offense was right. played in the eighties, and then I stopped caring. And you so, know what? Well, you know what I thought. Was what like- do the Patriots do that's so amazing? Like what? Do, what do they do? That's different. They got an incredible culture. Yeah. They're uh, the. I, I think it's. Do you the, think it's easier to look back once, once their era is over, and then we can look back and be like, "Oh, this is specifically what they did," because the culture is such a. That's such a general term. No, like,
2: it's it's no different than the way you would talk about your some of the runs at gyms that you had. Like when you look back, and probably even when you were there, you probably knew it. Like when you compare the success that you had as a general manager in comparison to all your peers. You dominated. It didn't matter, and sure, you had some great players. You had some people like Larry Evans and people like that that were that went down to be known as one of the greatest salespeople in our company. But it didn't matter. It was you. Yeah, had, but you could you say
0: c- specifics like the Niners had a good culture in the eighties, but what did they revolutionize? The well, passing game, right? Right. That's what I mean. Do, do is there anything specific about the Patriots that we know? Now? I mean, is I it mean, their defense? Is it their no? No. they I mean, they
2: they they they're their coaching their ownership so they 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 draft they draft well they they scout really well. They have an. They typically have an incredible offensive oh, line a lot of
3: leadership. There, that's yeah. Like ridiculous. It's yeah, another level. You
2: you have somebody like a Belichick and a, and a Tom Brady who are the first ones in, the last ones out. So that's what I mean by culture. They've mm-hmm. created this. You could have. You could bring in like a Randy Moss who was like a wild child everywhere else, and then when you get to the when you get there, it's like all your you drop all your shit. Like there's no more of your bullshit. Nobody puts up with it. It's created. They've created this culture that. It doesn't matter who they bring into the the, the mix. It's kind of like the Yankees in baseball. They've created that. The Warriors have done that now in in basketball. You know, you can talk all this shit about them, and you can hate them as a a, a fan of another team, which I'm not even a fan of the Patriots, but you have to respect what they're doing in Mm -hmm. the sport the same way that I feel like you have to respect what the Warriors are doing. And A lot of people like to point to great players, and it's like they're all professional athletes. That's what I always tell people. It's like, dude, to become a pro... Even if you don't even know who the fuck they are, they sit on the bench. You are an elite, elite athlete, and it's just one injury away from you becoming a star on the field. Like there's so many guys that we don't know that just never got a chance because they were behind somebody, or they finally do get a chance and they become a superstar, like an Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers, go down in history as mm-hmm. one of the greatest quarterbacks. Well, shit, he was on the bench for many years because he mm-hmm. couldn't get in front of Favre. So you have situations like that in an NFL all the time. And the Patriots just have proven year over year over year that.
0: So are they the favorites this year? Just because no, such they're a- not. No, they're mm. not the
2: favorites right now. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. This is actually the first time in a few years the Patriots are going into the AFC Championship as an underdog. So the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are a great story because they're the opposite. They're super young. They have young, in, dude, yeah. really young quarterback. Yeah, you have Mahomes who looks like he's twelve. Yeah. So you have you have you have this kid who's quarterbacking and he's having a career. He's mean like
3: fresh out of college. He's, he's
2: a like rookie. A, yeah. He's a rookie, and he's it's about crazy. To, and he's in the AFC Championship game. they're, they're School. Sco- he threw more passing TDs than anybody else. Like he's had an incredible year. What college?
0: You, do you guys know where he came out of? I don't remember what college he
2: came. Oh, he came out of the same college that um uh. No, no, he didn't. That's where. What's his face from the Niners? I was gonna say Favre did, but that's
3: a. I don't know where Mahomes went. Mm. Yeah, I
2: don't remember. But he's
3: a stud. That's crazy. Rookie year and he's going this yeah, far. Yeah, like right away. That's impossible. It's, but that's good coaching though to to be able to bring somebody like that has talent in college and then you know elevate them up to that level of like speed and and quick you know decision making and and have that kind of that's all mm.
0: you know that that's a lot of coaching Texas Tech University. There you, you go. Apparently, so they must have a good program there for football.
3: Yeah, of course, dude. Yeah. I have no Texas
0: idea. Te- like <laughs> all schools in Texas are are dominant. Dude, there's some cultures that go are, are just are in the in the country that are Do just they eat revolve. sleep and breathe Football well, in, oh, in
3: Texas, Florida, and I mean California is like pretty pretty much a powerhouse.
0: Oh, some too. of these some of these states and have a culture around wrestling that yeah. it's like Ohio and the Midwest. Yeah. will argue,
3: you know, like the, that's
0: definitely no like, it's Texas, So cool. If yeah. you see, if you have you watched like Friday Night Lights and those no. shows
2: before, like did, this football like. Starts at a very pop Warner football is crazy. They take, super serious. Oh theater. yeah, it's crazy, and they're all feeder systems for the next level up. It's,
0: it's you know uh, uh, along those lines. You guys saw the article that I posted in the forum. They did uh, some scientists. I gotta find the article. Some scientists did some uh, imaging on high school football students, and oh, found, I saw you post that. Yeah, and found uh, permanent changes to their brains after one season <sighs> in high school. Now, now, here's the thing, I, I this information, it's not necessarily changing anything in the sense that, you know, it's always been this way, but what it's changing is now people are more and more informed, Yeah. and as more of this comes out, uh, they're going to, I don't know, man, the feeder well, systems, I feel like, are going to start drying up.
3: Yeah, I know, I've been kicking this idea around of getting, you know, scanned and kind of like seeing where I'm at in terms of, you know, what damage and battle damage I accumulated over the years just to see like what, uh, you know, what I can improve and, you know, what kind of practices I can implement to help, you know, me retain information better and all that. But you do seem a little 40-40. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a little Nobody's going to know what that means, dude. <laughs>
0: you got to tell. That's a little got to tell. Okay. I don't know what the exact term was. Oh, yeah. uh, was it wasn't that term. Uh, no. I you got to
2: find out if I'm going to use it, bro. You can't it, just bro. throw that out. Yeah. Nobody knows <laughs> fucking I though. was
0: laughing because my dad was referring to this guy that he knew when he was a kid and he had this nickname. I think it was something like, Something the guy's name was like John. We'll say yeah. like John forty. I think he said forty forty or something like that. I'm like, why do you guys call him that? and He goes, you know the records. He goes when you slow it down to like the forty speed, yeah. it goes real slow. And he goes, and that's how we used to talk. <laughs> so that was his nickname. Yeah. That was funny. And we that, had that's to, very creative. Yeah, yes, you had way to, way to call somebody stupid. <laughs> and I'm just la- I'm just laughing because it's the ways we we yeah. give each other nicknames like the like your buddy One Ball Pat. Oh, yeah, One Ball about Pat. Mm. Couple couple episodes. Did ago. you
2: see the the thing that I think Jackie sent it over last week and we didn't talk about it? Was the the guy who invented the um, gloves for um, sign language? Sign language?
0: That's cool. How oh, that brilliant is, cool. is that? That's really so. You'll very, put the gloves cool. on. You'll do your sign language, and then it'll spit out what the person's trying to say. Wow! Which. If you know if you th- if you think about it uh you, ma- you know imagine if you connect that to some glasses or yeah. you can connect it to an app
3: will they have that robot voice like uh, Stephen Hawking Oh will yeah. it talk that yeah, I didn't even think yeah, of that or, Hello
0: right I didn't even yeah. think about it talking That'd be cool
3: Wow that's really cool well, Yeah why wouldn't you be able to connect it to a speaker that
2: spits out uh, like a robotic voice yeah. and, I mean nowadays I mean even your
0: Now now what would you do if you put the gloves on flip someone off see what it says <laughs> <laughs> fuck you you know yeah anyway but i, I think that's absolutely i think that's brilliant and it's crazy it's taken this long for someone to do that but there it must be so the the details of sign language must be so hard to it's convey interesting.
3: To- well uh, hand gesturing in general like the technology around that's really evolved like uh, in terms of like also being able to control objects and remote things like drones and uh, little mini tanks and all kinds of cool stuff.
0: You know, that's the the same part of the brain that controls speech is the same, or or you know, manages speech is the same part of the brain that manages sign language. Hmm. So it's all speech, even though one is with the hands and one is with the mouth. It's yeah. funny when scientists so Italians have it right. Yeah, we mix it all up together. Yeah. Did you know that there's a culture? I don't know where this culture is. Maybe Doug can find it. Um, I believe there's somewhere in the Mediterranean and maybe Greece, but they live in a very mountainous region. Where people will live far away from each other, up in the mountains. And they developed an entire language around whistling.
3: Yeah. Have you yeah, heard of this? I've heard of that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I don't know what, what, where it is, but they, they'll, they'll do the they'll whistle because it travels it carries, so far. Yeah. It carries. And it's an ancient language. Mm-hmm. Now they have phones and stuff, but this is before phones. And they're saying that the language is uh, at risk of going extinct. Mm-hmm. But they'll, they'll do this. Oh, the whistlebird language of northern Turkey. There it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they'll whistle real far from each other, and they'll be able to tell each other like, "What's going on? What time are you coming home for dinner?" Oh, that's like, and it's all through whistling. Yeah. How freaking rad is that? <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, like, uh, I found you're I, looking hot today. Yeah, see so yeah, that, that one. That's yeah. basic, right yeah. there. Basically, I know that one. I found so I found the article on uh, so this it was published in Berkeley News, uh, and it says playing high school football changes the teenage brain. So they did MRI brain scans and found that playing a single season of high school football. Can cause microscopic changes in the gray matter and young players' brains. Uh, hmm. These changes were located in the front and rear of the brain where impacts are most likely to occur, as well as deep inside the brain. What do you guys think? Do you guys think this kind of information? Well, is when, just- when I
2: when I hear something like that too, I also want to ask a question: that what what else changes that? And and are there other things that kids do or other things that change? Because that's such a vague statement to say.
0: They're, well, they're comparing it to controls for people who don't uh, play football or people who don't have uh, you know don't play sports right. with that kind of impact. right.
2: But I mean, we always talk about how the body is an adaptation machine, and is that just the brain's way of protecting itself and adapting? And so we see some sort of a change. Do we know that change is? Significantly negative, or is it just change that they see happening in the brain? No,
0: it's they're 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 pretty confidence negative. So the human brain is not designed uh, for impact. So I actually watched this documentary on Rams. Yeah, we don't have horns, yeah. Yeah, I was watching this documentary on Rams, and the way that the Rams brain and skull and everything's designed, it was designed for a high impact. The human brain was not designed for that uh, whatsoever. Um, and I mean, that's why we get knocked out so easily. Like you get hit the right spot in the chin, you go to sleep. Our brains just aren't designed to have impact. It's actually quite bad for us. And and I'll be, uh, I mean, straight with you guys. I bet you if they did MRI studies on uh, soccer players, they'll find Uh, stuff. Also, they have and they have found and they have found from heading the soccer ball. Yeah, you get head injuries. Yeah, it's
3: that's one of those things too, and it's hard to detect because uh, you know you could have like uh, looming issues like hard. Time concentrating or focusing, or like headaches, or like little mild uh, symptoms from, you know, some kind of a head injury, but it's it could carry with you, uh, you know, going for, forward for quite a while, yeah, I didn't it, even
0: realizing. And the thing for me is, as I'm reading these things, you know, I posted this in the forum, and I'm getting all this feedback from people, and there's people who are saying that already people who are very involved in the sport of football, uh, for kids like, uh, pop Warner and, you know, younger ages. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh yeah, they're like, it's drying up. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not getting kids or not signing up for tackle football yeah. like they used to because of this kind of information. So if you look, you know, 20, 30 years down the line where these feeder systems start to dry up and dry up because what's happening now is a lot of kids, well, a lot of these schools are doing flag football. I,
3: I, yeah. And I, I can kind of see it evolving. Um, that's what I was going to say. I wonder if yeah, that's Yeah, right. I think it's going to evolve. And and to be honest, the more taboo you make something, the more there's going to be push towards it eventually, right? Mm-hmm. So if people are like detoured from it as kids, their parents are like shielding them from it. Uh, you know, a lot more kids are actually going to want to do it. Uh, I think uh, at some point, and it, the game will look different. It might even be more brutal on one end, and then you'll have like a uh, flag football on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's, I, I don't, it's not going away. In my opinion, people, there's whole like communities built around just that sport. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't, well, boxing I don't, hasn't I don't, gone away. Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't think
2: it'll stop it. I think it'll, it's like anything else we talk about where the pendulum swings one way or the other way. It's not like 30, 40 years ago boxing and football is going around and people were going hey this is really healthy for you yeah. I'm sure there was there's been plenty of scares and plenty of things that have came out before
0: well here's what happened to boxing because football wasn't like this football was never up until relatively recently football wasn't considered a sport where oh my gosh you go in there and you're gonna you know you're gonna bash your brains but boxing for a long time has been considered that for a long time people have seen boxers become punch drunk and what they would call punch drunk which is really just brain damage. And so what ended up happening with boxing is where boxing used to be a sport that the aristocrats really participated in, it slowly became a sport where only poor people uh, participated in. So Mm. when you look at like boxing uh, in America in the... You know, at the turn of the 19th century, you had aristocrats. As it got later and later, it was the Italians and the Irish mm-hmm. who boxed because they were the poor class. Right. Then it became Hispanics and other minorities. And I think because as people became more wealthy, they're like, I'm not having my kids box. I'm not having. And yeah. so it became a way for people. Poorer communities to elevate well, then you themselves. see, like
3: the Klitschko brothers, for instance, like come in and it's like they're aristocratic. They they have like PhDs, right? Or like I'm not sure. I don't. Yeah, know. they're
0: they're very smart, but they're, but they're more of the exceptions rather but, than the rule. yeah. There's
3: an exception to it, Let, but it doesn't completely you know eliminate.
0: Them. No, like if you look at kids, like look at kids boxing, full like full on boxing. You don't see a lot of boxing schools where kids are actually going at each other. Um, in wealthier neighborhoods, you typically find them in, in other neighborhoods, and so I, I wonder if football is going to go down that path as well. Where, as people get wealthy and wealthier, they'll be like, "No, I don't want my kids to do it." But then, the more poor kids, they're going to be like, "This is a way for me to get out of yeah, the neighborhood." It's gonna, or whatever.
3: It, I definitely think it's going to challenge. Uh, you, you know, numbers will drop for a while, mm-hmm. and then I think uh, they're going to figure something else out, and then they'll rise back up again because it, it it's such a like a cultural thing we have here in america it's like part of our culture like it's just like taking out somebody else's cultural sport like that's like a main focus yeah
2: we, us. we idolize them
3: too much yeah. still yeah way too I, much i
0: mean it, it's and still- i can see the pushback being so especially because everybody's trying to bubble wrap everything yes i could see people just totally there's, there's, that's coming yeah. by the way everybody's sick of it yeah like they're,
3: they're just like i just let me do crazy shit like, let let yeah. me be myself right
0: yeah yeah right. I, it's 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 gonna be interesting I, I mean the, the answer I think was is the one that I don't think anybody will do which is take off the helmets if you want to protect their brains I'm all for that I'm all for that I'm
3: the leather helmet whatever it, is, it looks like you know like it and I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was watching uh, rugby because uh, on YouTube TV which I subscribe to um they have like that's how I was able to watch the games now because I just do streaming. Uh, for football and like they, they had a um, they had a rugby match on with uh, some Irish team and an, and an English team and I was showing my kids because I used to play and it's such a different sport mm-hmm. and it was it brought back all these memories of like <laughs> like I forgot how how you'd get in all these, like, dirty shots, uh, you know, in the scrum, and you'd see somebody tackle somebody, and then as as they miss a tackle, they throw, like, a real punch at his face, and, like, you see it. And I was like, oh, my God, I remember that.
2: Did you see the image of, uh, I don't know if you guys are watching, Zion Williamson from uh, Duke, like, he's just this phenom right now. And they just did a ESPN picture of the guy defending him, and like literally, like the, when the picture is frozen, I'm real time. It just looked like he was going for the ball. Yeah, but the ball is like right here, and his hands by him, and he's like, like claws towards his eyes. <laughs> it's like that does not look like that's he's going for the right. ball, <laughs> yeah, at all, dude. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, there's a picture right there. Oh wow, second one. Look at it. Oh, right in his yeah, eye. Right, does that look like he's going for the ball at all? Uh, <laughs> Dang.
1: <laughs> this quads brought to you by Organifi. Do you believe you can be addicted to food? Any stories about past clients who have had such an issue? Wow. I have a a story. Have you ever had a ho-ho? Yeah,
0: exactly. those are good.
1: I had a client that I trained for a really
2: long time. And uh, one, like, if we talked about nutrition and diet, she would tell me that she ate really well. And I knew that wasn't true because I knew how hard we were training and how consistent we were training. And either that or she had something going on medically and I had her do the doctor thing and everything that she came back normal, everything's normal. Uh, but she and I didn't find this out till years later. So for many years, she she'd lied to me and tell me that she didn't she was eating everything I told her to eat and, and sticking right to it. And, you know, I was constantly trying to figure it out as a trainer and, and trying different things. Right. <clears throat> and I actually ended up having a trainer who worked for me. And after he no longer worked for me, he started dating her. And him and I were really close. He actually lived with me for a little while. And I remember like venting to him one night, just being frustrated. Like, man, I just don't, I can't figure out why so-and-so is not, Mm -hmm. you know, losing any weight. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And he like breaks down at me. He goes, listen, he goes, you got to promise me you don't repeat this to her and share it. But, you know, she's, she's got a major, a major eating issue. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well. You know, I catch her do some things that are pretty crazy. And if I call her out on it or whatever, she completely lies and denies it. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, so we'll go somewhere. And he goes, and she'll order like a, a chicken salad. And he goes, and then I'll, and I'll see her. like where we He was talking about a time where they were at the airport, and they she did this. And then he said he he saw her go sneak over to like a, a Burger King line and order like a, a, a burger and fries real quick and then like scarf it down around the corner yeah. oh, wow. and, then, and then come back out. And he's like, you know, and there's been many examples of this. And he goes, and then I, she, I know she's got a major candy uh, addiction where she eats tons of like Reese's Pieces and all these different candies that she loves. And she totally denies and says she doesn't. And he goes, I was cleaning the house one day and I found her stash. And she had like wedged between the, the side of the couch and down between the cushions. And there was like this Ziploc bag of like 40 different brands of wow. of, of candy. And so... Uh, to this point, that's just one example of an extreme story that uh, I had. I had a long-term client of mine that I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out for the longest time. I mean, of course, I, I thought I knew, but they're lying to you, so you don't mm. know. Just like addiction with drugs, mm. somebody who is really addicted to drugs, and you call them out on it, they deny it. I mm. mean, that's the, the
0: first rule. They may go, so they may go as far as denying it to themselves. Oh, mm. I, I,
2: when, when you see the way someone mm. denies like that it's hard not to believe them because
3: you can see it in their eyes that they believe, they believe it themselves. Especially when they start hiding it like that. I've seen examples of that too. I've had friends that you see that when you go, uh, I've been camping and been on like family trips and things like that. And then um, you see a lot of the, the, the snuck candy bars and different things that like they, you know, sort of hoard themselves and then, you know, don't tell anybody about. And it's like interesting, like, you call them out on it, but they don't, it's like the shame involved in it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, like it it could totally, I mean, it, it hijacks your, your, your senses. I mean, like candy, especially like, that's one of those where people, um, it, it it fulfills something and it's not necessarily a nutrition, uh, that they're seeking. It's, It's more of a comfort food.
0: By, by far food is the most abused, uh, substance in, in modern societies by far. Um, and it's more people or are, or are, have some sort. And there's different layers of addiction. Um, there's extreme cases like the one you know Adam was talking about, or where people will literally eat themselves until they die. I think I'm
2: addicted to sugar. Yeah. Well, I I think it's something that I think, and I think that's part of becoming uh, or getting recovered from something like that is admitting that you have it. And, and I'll give you an example of something that I, I catch myself do stuff like this. So. Um, Somebody had given Katrina like a, a bag of peaches, you know. And I fuck, I haven't had that forever. And we don't keep candy around the house. What are those? You know,
3: little sugar peaches. They're, they're like, like white on one side. And the, oh, I and, love those. Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, the right? Side they're side amazing. Yeah, right? The little rings. Yes, thing. yes. Yeah.
2: And it's the crystal uh, of candy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I, I mean, sugar I, used to, I, you know, all through my twenties, uh, you you would never go to my house and there not be candy in my house. I mean, I was a candy addict for sure. And, and now I keep it out of my house completely. But somebody gave it. It was over the holidays, and, and it was in the house. And, and, and over the, over years of becoming aware of this, and then and noticing my own habits, like you know, I know that I'm, I can become very addicted to it if I allow it in there. So I have to make sure I keep it out. Now, now I've gotten better. Like, okay, something can be in my house, and I don't have to go crush all of it. But I still do little things that I, I catch myself, and I go, "Oh wow, why did I do that?" For example, uh, you know, I was heading. This was just two nights ago we've had this peachy bag in there. It got opened up. It's still been in there for a couple of weeks. So it's, you know, obviously I've come a long ways. And Katrina goes, uh, I was she was upstairs and she hollers down to me. Could you bring me one peachy on your way up? And, then, and so I grab one and I grab one for her. And then I grab like six for me, but then I eat like three of them to get and then carry the rest of them up there because I don't want her to see me have to eat. All right, all of those, right? So, I because I, I, there's a part of me that feels guilty for eating that she just wants
0: one, yeah. And I'm like, why can't I just have one? I'm like, one's not enough to satisfy my like craving. You know what's funny about that is it's not that she's gonna judge you or hammer right, on yeah. Your- yeah. But she wouldn't give a fuck, she wouldn't no. say nothing to me. Yeah. But what it is is when someone else sees what you're doing or, or acknowledges what you're doing, it then makes it real, right? You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that you ate them real three, you know, ate the three real quick, go up, she didn't see it. It's almost like it never happened. Absolutely. Yeah. But if she sees it even though she don't give a shit, now you ha- it's almost like it's in your you have to acknowledge the fact that there may be a little bit of an issue and it's a pattern. And food, like I said, it's 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 easily the most abused substance in modern societies. It's easy you look outside or just look at statistics. Over half of Americans ha- are overweight. Uh, obese, uh obesity is something like 30 or 40% among all adults. And that means that they're getting health problems As a result of it, in fact, most of the reasons why people die early of non-natural causes is due to their their issues with food. Now, when you when I look up, I, I while you were talking, I looked up the what the definition on the American Society of Addiction Medicine what their definition of addiction is, and they and what they say is addiction is a primary chronic disease of brain reward, motivation, memory, and related circuitry. Oh yeah, dysfunction in these circuits leads to characteristic biological. Psychological, social and spiritual manifestations. This is reflected in an individual pathologically pursuing reward and/or relief by substance use and other behaviors. So addiction is characterized by the inability to consistently abstain, abstain impairment in behavioral control, craving, diminished recognition mm. of significant problems with one's behavioral and interpersonal relationships, and a dysfunctional emotional response. Yeah, that's like most people. Most people have right. some types of that issue, those issues with foods. Uh-huh. Now you got to ask yourself, what, why, you know, why is food such a problem for so many people? Well, we needed a very, very strong motivation to seek it out because, for most of human history, food came with tremendous risks. Uh, you had to expend a lot of energy to get it. Um, it could kill you if you didn't kill it. You'd injure yourself to get it. Um, but of course, you needed it. Without food you would die. And so like all things that were absolutely essential for human survival, we have these really, really strong uh, reward uh, circuitry connected to it. So like sex, right? Like really, really strong drive to have sex. Really, really strong drive to eat and to have food. And so we've just evolved to have this pleasure that we get from food, and that pleasure can be used to mask a lot of problems. It can be used to mask... Uh, depression or anxiety or boredom—it's mm. um, been. We've designed entire cultures around it. Uh, entire, you know, cultural traditions. Weddings have particular foods, and birthdays have particular foods, and and so it's extremely addictive. And I hate I hate it when people say that food is not addictive. Like. You know, I don't see anybody... I've heard people say this before. I don't see anybody, you know, selling their 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 bodies for sex for a bag of sugar. Well, no, because it's fucking available everywhere. Right. You you want to see what would happen if food wasn't available? Oh, people yeah. would definitely sell themselves for food. You'd see some terrible shit that would happen. Yeah, if you
3: see people locking themselves in the room and being antisocial and stuffing their face with food to cope with the fact that they're not being accepted or they're not getting laid or whatever the fuck it is.
0: Yeah, know? and so... And, and, and then look at all of... Look at how... One of the things for me that I think is characteristics of, of addiction is the willful blindness that we will put towards certain things. So, like you look at an alcoholic, and an alcoholic will will completely deny the negative impact that their problem is having on their life. Like, no, I I could still I'm still working, I still have a job, and no, I you know I'm cool, it's all good. Even though, okay, you've gotten two DUIs, and you could probably be a much better human if you weren't drinking, but they'll they'll deny it and deny it and deny it. Same thing with food like somebody who's I don't know 30 pounds overweight which is a lot of people most people it's a denial it's a denial that i have a problem with food right yeah. i'm carrying 30 extra pounds of adipose tissue which is and i i chose 30 because it's right around there where you start to i don't care how fit and healthy you are there's some negative effects that come from it um there's just a denial from it like it's all right you know i'm 30 pounds heavier than i should be in, in terms of body fat and whatever it's this willful ignorance and denial. It's this, you know, think about how many people eat because they're truly hungry mm-hmm. versus how many people eat versus, because they're bored. or well, because There's the, a the
3: fine line with food, you, can, you know, calling it addiction is because people do need it. You need mm-hmm. to eat every single day and there's all this, you know, tied into it as, as a daily ritual and routine to keep you alive. And, and so it's, it's tricky to tell somebody that what they've, feel is is fulfilling them is something that they're actually abusing
0: yeah now i'm not saying all this to make people feel bad i don't want people listening and be like oh shit you know fuck I, you know i'm addicted to everything and food so whatever no, no no that's not what i'm saying i'm just you know we're, we're, we're talking about the sub I, I would say this one of the best things you could do to help yourself with food is to just eliminate the foods that are most uh that have the highest addictive properties mm-hmm. which are the processed foods they're designed uh, specifically to do well, that. Well, this is
2: where too, uh, you know, and and I know there has been this this major pushback, and and I know and I think I'd, I brought up Lane the last time when we talked about this is this this good food bad food. I hate that we we can't call it that because then everybody goes, oh, we're demonizing food. It's like, but there there's a very clear, obvious line of food that in my opinion is good and that is bad and there's and what makes what constitute, constitutes it bad in my opinion is it has these highly addictive things properties about it that ha- that companies have spent millions on millions of dollars most of the money yeah, that they spend goes towards to that. figure out how to make you take the same way video game People yeah. make video games to be addictive the same way that the, the iPhone and iPad and all these tools that we have that we're all becoming so addicted to, like, why, yes, it can be bad. There's, that's mm-hmm. not a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing. and It doesn't mean that you, we have to demonize it, but it, also to accept that that's not a good choice and it's not ideal. Like, I think you have to, and this whole trying to mask it with there's no such thing and the, oh, if it fits your macros, it's like- it really, to me, it seems like you're setting yourself up for failure to allow that to happen because everybody that I know that has done that battles with that addiction. And we and I see it a lot in, in within my peers in the competitive space of this, okay, when I'm on my kick and I'm getting ready for a show, I'm really regimented, I'm weighing, I'm measuring, I'm counting all the things in the wrapper and I won't overdo it. But as soon as that goes away, it's no longer showtime. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember watching myself even with things like protein bars, something that we would consider a quote unquote healthy food.
0: Well, look at how much money gets spent mm. on protein bars to make them addictive, right? You know, that's all the most successful ones. I was eating have like I,
2: there's days I'd eat four or five of them
0: in mm-hmm. a day.
2: Mm-hmm. No difference than a candy bar at that point, you know. what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. it really isn't, and it's cr- what I what I found fascinating. And you know, a long time ago, I talked about this on the show, but I haven't talked about it in a long time because I can't even remember the last time I had a protein bar. But I remember. Having shows where I went all natural food, and then having shows where I let you know powders and things like that, and processed foods in there, and then paying attention to how my body. The biggest thing that I noticed that I was fascinated with was if I had not had a protein bar for a really long time, like right now would be a good example. If I were to go eat a protein bar right now, ugh, it tastes like shit. Mm. I, even the best brands like Quest, which I think have really hacked the how well it tastes, I think tastes terrible. But let me have one, then two, then about three or four. Once I get about three or four consistently in, like make three or four days in a row where I've had that bar, it all of a sudden starts tasting really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And then it goes from tasting really good to like I'm craving them mm-hmm. where I find myself you know, watching TV or something. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go get one of those you know, cookies and cream bars right now. And I go get one of those bars and I crush two of them. And it's like, it's amazing to me uh, how, how quick... I can I can see myself get addicted to those Dude, I things. I see it
0: with, it, you can see it really clearly with kids. Like if you, anybody who's listening that has kids knows what I'm talking about. Like my kids will be watching TV and I'm hungry. And I'll be like, you know, okay, what do you want? We have chicken from yeah. last night in the fridge. I got some steak and we have some, you know, some vegetables and then I have some strawberries. Right. No, nah, I, don't, I don't want that. Or, you know, do you have any chips? Like, no, mm-hmm. we don't have any chips. Like, and you can see, right? Like you're obviously not hungry, yeah. but if I put these engineered foods in front of you that are designed to make you eat a lot, they'll sit there and eat an entire bag of potato chips or an entire bag of Cheetos or whatever. That's the, that's the, so if you eliminate those or remove them from your diet, it makes it a lot easier to deal with with the potential for this kind of addictive type of behavior with food. I mean, one of my favorite b- best benefits of fasting, one of the reasons why I still fast occasionally for 24 or 48 hours isn't necessarily for the biological, physiological health benefits. Although I like that, right? I like the physiological health benefits, the you know, the, the that it, it boosts stem cell production, that, you know, the, the older cells will die off, cell autophagy, all that stuff. Yeah. That's all great. But the reason why I really do it is it it's it removes me from food mm-hmm. for long enough wow. to where I go through cycles of boredom, anxiety, movies and TV morning, afternoon and evening, which is you know breakfast, lunch and dinner, without food. And when I first do it, it's funny. Like when I first when I was first do a fast, the first 12, 15, 16 hours or 24 hours is the hardest because it's like, oh, it's lunchtime. I'm supposed to eat right now. Yeah. But I'm what, not. What do I do with myself? Yeah, so let me just deal with this. Let me deal with this or it, oh, I'm anxious. Got to deal with it. It's interesting,
3: the whole like abstaining from something. Like it that, that is such a practice that uh I find myself wanting to to do like in, in different directions and just to see, you know, how like my behavior, like you really assess your behavior at that point. The, the, that's, that's a valuable thing to understand yourself and your, your own, uh, you know, habits uh, and great tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. Great self-awareness.
0: Abstinence tool. is of some sort, um, exists in every spiritual practice that I know of, every major spiritual practice. Now, spiritual practices are fascinating in the sense that many of these have lasted for thousands of thousands of years. And the reason why they've lasted is they contain tremendous wisdom. And a lot of the wisdom that you'll find in many of these practices from Judaism to Christianity to Islam to Buddhism, Confucianism to Hinduism, I mean, all the major ones, is that they all advocate for some levels of abstinence from different things, sex, food, um, from you know communication, uh, whatever. yeah, yeah. It, because it helps you remove yourself from these behaviors that can that can be developed. Or look, you can be like sex is another one. Sex is a very we need sex in order. If nobody ever had sex, the human species you know would have died a long time ago. Can sex become pathological? Mm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it happens uh, all the time. And the same thing is is true with food. And now there's different again. There's different levels of it. But I think if you look around, what has ended up happening is we've solved one of the biggest problems that humans have encountered that we've had forever, which is not enough food, not enough clean food, not enough good nutrition. That was a big problem. We solved it, but it presented us with a new problem, which is now we have to now we're we're surrounded by all this food. We got problems associated with that. And we didn't learn any of the practices. Of abstaining because in the past you a lot of ways you you would abstain naturally right because you just didn't have it so now we're encountering all these other issues all these other health issues which are chronic um, and obesity which was almost non-existent it really was it was almost non-existent just like a hundred something years ago if you it's funny if you go on if you Google um, circus fat man from the eighteen or 1700s or 1800s yeah. um, you know the circuses back in those yeah. days it's like what you see a model like in a gap commercial now <laughs> it's back in not quite that that much yeah. but back in <laughs> you know uh, back in those days the circuses would have these what they called freak shows and they were terrible right they'd have people with uh, deformities and and they would have inevitably they'd have a circus fat person which was just an overweight person and you can see pictures of these people at the turn of the century and and just a hundred years ago, they look pretty normal. People, 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 paid a lot of money to go look at these people because see was they're so strange. Today, one of them could be walking around, and it wouldn't. Most people wouldn't even bat an eye, just to show you how you know what's ended up happening. So, when people argue that food isn't addictive, I think they're putting their
1: head in the sand. Next question is from Madness Fit. What do you think of the hypothesis that humans are only meant to squat the amount of weight? That they can clean and press over their head onto their back. I had a physical therapist tell me that this should be more commonplace advice to avoid injuries. I actually really mm. like this I advice. I do like that. Do,
0: do you know where that comes from? It's,
3: that's that's old strong. They didn't have squat racks.
0: No, it's even before that. Like if you think about um, like again human evolution. Oh. Hunter hunts an animal. He oh, had to then puts it on his yeah, back. To, he has to, to, to walk to, it out. Exactly. No, yeah, I I,
2: I I can get behind this. I I really can. I think that, um, you know, we we have pushed the boundaries on on many things for performance and for aesthetics and to look a certain way. And, you know, when you think about your every I mean, how many times as as much as I love to rip 500 pounds off the ground, how many times am I ever really going to to have to summon that much strength? Now, it's cool to have it in case I do need to lift something pretty heavy, but there's nothing in in the the, the mod especially the modern man. I mean even I mean go back a hundred years. There's nothing that would ever require you to have that much strength to do that. So really if if you're looking for overall health and being functional, yeah, I think you should you should be able to have to pick up, put it over your head to set it on your back to it, To be able to squat it, or you shouldn't technically be squatting. I think it's a very safe piece of advice.
0: I, I here's why I don't like it. I, I hate the argument that people say that humans are not meant to. Well, okay, show me one thing that modern people do that they're meant that they were meant to do. I mean, we drive in cars. We have you know, electric lights. I have uh, an iPhone. Um, you know, I talk on the phone. I, I mean, I wear you know clothes made out of synthetic fibers, like. It's a silly argument that humans aren't meant to do. Here's why you lift weights, okay? You don't lift weights because you're, you're going to lift that kind of weight in your everyday life. Your, your body's only ever as strong as it thinks it needs to be. So the idea behind weights is to become way stronger by challenging it so that your everyday life is very easy. Can you take it too far? You definitely can, of course. I think if you're pushing max loads all the time, then longevity's probably not going to be ideal but uh is squatting with weight on your back going to be better for you uh, or provide benefits that squatting with no weight on your back is going to provide yes is squatting with weight that you probably can't clean and press going to provide you with benefit more be- with benefit over cuz think about how much you can clean and press well like, i could
2: i could see too though why a physical therapist is saying this because especially in his or her line of work what do you and, and it, being trainers you guys know this like How many people did you ever meet that weren't already Mm. trainers, athletes, just normal-ass people? How many of them got under a barbell and dropped into a perfect squat?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of work to
2: get into that first. So so I think that that's where I can get behind a statement like this. To your point, yes, you're right. We're so different than what we were hundreds of years ago. So to say like, it's to compare it to that, I think isn't fair, but the idea of you should be able to pick a weight up and put it up over your head before you decide to squat it. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm defending this person and I completely train the opposite. I put 400 pounds on my back and I most certainly can't press that over my head and put it on my back. So I definitely think that, uh, I agree with what you're saying, Sal, and i think that when i train that way i'm trying to build as much muscle because muscle requires x amount of calories which then allows me to have way more flexibility in my lifestyle that i enjoy and so it it provide and and it does provide for me to call upon a strength that i'm going to have more than enough to be able to do something. yeah
3: i think it's i don't know like i'm i definitely see your point and i we've we've reconstructed what work is you know, like in the gym, like it. Totally. So if I was just a laborer and I'm, I'm at a farm, I'm going to need a certain amount of skills and strength to be able to do all this like heavy lifting and throwing and carrying things over my head and then squat. So, you know, to, to back load squat really heavy is is somewhat of a new skill that we've developed, uh, that has massive carryover into a lot of different pursuits. Um, but at the same time, I, I like having different challenges. So for me to like think in terms of like being able to lift something up, clean it up, and then bring it onto my back and be able to to do all that, I I like that as a as a goal, but I don't think that that's necessarily like a standard. So it's not not like this is the standard, like you can only put weight on your back if you can clean. But I do like that as sort of um It's something that people can aspire towards. It would be
2: a great thing to work towards. Like like right now, what I'm I'm envisioning? Like, what if I went on a training regimen right now where that's that was my goal? Like, I'm only gonna and I'm and I'm trying to increase it. Where I'm like continuing to work because the the hardest part of that is going to be the clean and the press right? Mm -hmm, Right. So, so I'm constantly working on my clean and press so then I can slowly increase my squat. Mm -hmm. Probably a pretty safe way to go about scaling my programming. And I think that's kind of neat to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, mean, the questions like are only ever meant, you know, to squat, like in other words, you should never go heavier than, than, than that. I think that's false. I think the, again, it's, it's
2: it's false because of okay. It's very simple why it's false. I mean, your legs are such a bigger, stronger muscle and can do so much more. Yeah. The
3: limiting factor in that is going to be your shoulders, which just cannot. Well, you know, you've eliminated that by being able to unrack from you know the bar up at a well, high position.
0: And for, for all intents and purposes, humans are, if we go like, what were we meant to do? Well, first of all, we're meant to do whatever the fuck we do. That's yeah. what we're meant to do. Right. But if we want to look at how long humans have been doing things for... Well, if we judge it based off of that, here's what humans were meant to do. Run long distance, mm-hmm. throw with accuracy, and that and make tools. That's it. Our humans were never meant, if we look again at what we've done for long periods of time, to force their bodies to build maximum amounts of muscle right but you look we, at vikings
3: more, that have to, they, you know their diet consists of lots of like real big animals that they're trying to carry back to the tribe and all that so i could see how having to put it on your back or like drag it like all these things like stamina factor, stamina yeah. and endurance this is yeah. what
0: okay the only physical pursuit that humans besides uh you know throwing with accuracy which is something that we do better than anybody any other animal is our stamina um, you know, I, I mean, here we are talking about resistance training, how important it is to lift weights, but the reality is humans are really good when compared to other animals at just lasting a long fucking time. We can outrun for distance and just for time for over almost any other animal, uh, even a horse, Yeah, a really, really, really fit, trained human will outrun a horse. A horse will have to stop and drink water, um, and a, and a human can keep going. Now, why are we always recommending weight training? Because modern life is different, in in modern life the best insurance you can have is to have a good amount of muscle. Yeah. It just is because you're inactive, so it's good to have a lot of muscle because you're going to atrophy from being inactive. So you're just not active. Uh, you're not. you You've got food around you all the time, um, and you're going to live a long, long, long time. You want to balance out your hormones. You have. You want to have a lot of muscle, and then of course people are, are like to have. The aesthetics around it. So this sounds like a statement that a,
2: a physical therapist says because he or she has seen a ton of people putting a bunch of red tape out there. Yeah, because yes, exactly. they, they get a ton of clients that come in that are hurt constantly, and, mm-hmm. and they probably hear a lot of them are are squatting and they were they they hurt themselves doing too much, yeah. Like you know. I, so I I can I can get. Where where they're coming from to make a statement like that, and I and I, I actually I don't think it would be a bad goal for someone to do that. Like mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to hurt you to do that. I, I at the same token, I don't think it's bad for somebody who wants to squat three, four, five. Well, I think pounds. it's
3: interesting. If anything, like I, if I was to transition from you know deadlifting without wrist wraps, for instance, like so for for me to be able to squat, like I can only squat if I could put the bar over you know my back and take it from the ground to my back. You know, if mm-hmm. I like put that sort of uh, stipulation on the way I train, you could, you could train towards that, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's something you could do. You, yeah. could, you know,
0: back in the day, the original gyms didn't have all these different racks. Um, they would have, uh, they would have bench, they'd have a bench. But the bench didn't have a rack on it, so if you wanted to bench press a weight, which ben- they, nobody bench pressed, but yeah, you'd have to lay down
2: and sit down with it. You'd right. press it and then you sit up with you'd it. You'd have right?
0: to, yeah, if you if you wanted to overhead press something, you had to clean and press it. If you wanted to squat, you had to clean and press it or mm-hmm. clean and put it on your back. Everything was based off of that in the early days, and then you know, as guys wanted to lift more and more weight, then they started inventing equipment and ways for them to to rack a weight so they could just take it off and because it's much more difficult to put like dumbbells are a good example. Like you know, one of the reasons why people have trouble handling very heavy dumbbells is you gotta get them in position. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If dumbbells were on a rack like you were with a bat you know how much more I'd be able to lift if I could just unrack dumbbells like I would a barbell and then start pressing? Imagine if you could do that, right? So, you know, I get all that and I get the 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 that there's not a whole lot of utility in max strength. Um, that's just max performance. If we're talking longevity, I, I could see some, some value in this. But I really do think this is a physical therapist, like you said, Justin, mm. just putting red tape around everything and saying, just like when we learned our first physical, uh, our first uh, excuse me, personal training certs, they would oh, tell yeah, us that, don't that bench always, past ninety degrees. Yeah, right. all those
3: angles that you had to stay within, and yeah, that was totally just a safety precaution.
1: Mm-hmm. Next question is from Workham. Why is there a stigma around hypertrophy training in some athletics? In particular, MMA, I hear people and fighters shitting on muscular people. it's not advantageous.
0: Yeah, this is a good, this is a great question because uh, I can see some truth in this, right? Like if you're in a a weight class like MMA or or wrestling, for example, you don't want to necessarily be super massive and big because then you'll be in a new weight class with other big people. You want to be stronger though. So you yeah. want to be not big, you want to be stronger. So you're as strong as you can at your current body weight. But isn't there some benefit too from having hypertrophy, yeah. uh, you know, itself? You, having more muscle still gives you some benefit.
3: Oh yeah, too, and you know, just from like a muscular endurance, you know, perspective as well. For for me to be able to go from like like every central nervous system type, you know, power driven. Uh, type of training to then go into like a phase of of hypertrophy was like a shell shock, which I, I felt like I responded very well. Then transitioning back uh, to what I was doing previous to that, so I I would use it more, uh, you know, to sort of interrupt my programming more. Than, you know. Well, I think it I
2: think there's like a a sweet spot, right? And then there's obviously a, there, a spectrum because of the individual variants with humans. But when I think of someone who's like muscular but not too muscular in that world i think like a george saint pierre Mm. like george saint pierre when he was fighting had had a a very muscular physique but not overly muscular so Mm -hmm. i think i think there is a sweet spot
0: yeah i I remember uh what i one a good example of this is when you would see these athletes that in mma who would Use a lot of gear, like a lot of steroids, to get themselves really, really big.
3: Like Alistair Overeem. Yeah, they'd move King in.
0: And- they'd move up. They'd move into a weight class, so they're light heavyweight, but they're geared up in that. You know, because so it's a lot of pumped up muscle mm-hmm. in that weight class. But then they fight another a guy who's in the same weight class, who's naturally that weight. Oh yeah. And they get strikingly fucked, uh, different. And they get their asses kicked. Yeah. Because that guy's just naturally that weight, whereas they're all turboed up to try and be that size.
3: Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a good way to, to look at it because if you build that mass and you haven't really worked your way, you, know, you haven't uh, worked with that mass for a long period of time, that's, a, that's an advantage on the other end of it. If you, if you move up a weight class, somebody has lived in that body for, for a substantial amount of time more.
0: Yeah, I would like to see, you know where you would see a lot more emphasis being placed on gaining muscular size? If MMA had no weight classes. If there were no weight classes, then you'd see guys try and get bigger. For isn't sure, that,
3: isn't that how it started? Or In The old cage yeah, matches, the, yeah, you, very early on. Yeah,
0: because yeah. at the at the end of the day, if technique and skill um, are equal, um, the bigger, stronger person is going to win. They just yeah. are able to impose themselves on the other person. And so, like for the average martial artist who wants to, um, you know maybe improve their self-defense yeah. in the real world, some size is going to help you. It just well, is. And there's, yeah, and you kind of have to weigh it
3: out, right? Like there's there's a speed component. Like, uh, you know, the more uh, fluid your movement is, the more snap and speed you have. Like that's, that's a totally different uh, type of a skill base. Uh, whereas, yeah, you can have a little more size and mass that might be imposing, but to go against somebody who's very powerfully, you know, quick in in the speed, speed to, you know, if you look at sports, speed is a major factor.
0: Oh my, it's, it's power and speed is so much. Yeah. It's that in strength to weight ratio really contributes a lot of that. Right. Like if you look at, like you take me, for example, I weigh at the moment, I don't know, 195, right? And whatever my strength is at 195, if I could take my strength, my total strength, not lose any of it and all of a sudden drop down to 170 pounds, like how much higher would I be able to jump? How Mm -hmm. much easier would I be able to manipulate my body? You know, how much faster would I be because I'd have... It, look, it's it's no different than like racing a car. You have a car with 500 horsepower, and you take you know 500 pounds off the car. It's faster mm-hmm. because of the strength to weight ratio. Do you think
2: Do you think that some people it it, it plays as a huge advantage, and others it doesn't? Like there's there's going to be that variance too. Like you think I think of like some MMA fighters. What was his name who came from Pride, who was jacked on steroids, and then he then he had to get off Kevin
0: Randleman. Well, no, that's why I was thinking not. of
3: Alistair Omer, Overeem,
0: right? And know, Sean like Trek.
2: and then there's another guy that I can't think of right now that was so dominant in Pride, and then he came over to <sighs> UFC. Yeah, he was still a badass in Uf- UFC, but he got off roids and he lost like twenty something pounds, mm-hmm. and he wasn't as dominant. Why can I think of his
0: name? Oh, you're, right about, you're not thinking it's not yeah, Overeem, no, is it? No, it's not. No, not Overeem. No, um, no, smaller guy. Yeah, there's there was a few of them. Had a mohawk
2: to... for a little bit. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, I was trying to find him online. I can't I can't figure out who it is. But anyway, see, it was. Like a handful of these guys that were extremely dominant when they were on steroids, Krokop was someone like that too, right? He was, uh, they were all
0: big and pride, yeah, they
2: were all jacked. And then they came over and they had to get off, and then they just didn't see, they just couldn't do it anymore.
0: No, in in fighting is such a because there's weight classes. Um, the the
3: axe murder,
0: what was that? Oh, Vitor, Vitor, Vitor oh, yeah, oh, Vitor was. Jack when he was 18, 19. <laughs> yeah. Remember his first UFC? you ever watch his, You ever watch his first UFC fight? When beast. he comes out and just yeah. like machine gun punches someone <laughs> to the <laughs> cage? It, I, I remember when he first, I think he was literally 18 or 19 years old and it was it blew everybody's mind. Yeah. But he was super jacked and hes he's been, in, everybody knows he's been on gear uh, for a long time. No, I think, you know, I think because you're in a weight class, the idea is to stay in your weight class and be as strong and athletic, as athletic as possible without changing weight classes because you're you're always going to be like if i if i get stronger and my weight goes up what's my strength going to mean now that i'm fighting guys that are bigger than that, right. that are the same size now they're all stronger too yeah. i want to get stronger and not gain any weight because i'm i'm fighting the same size guys but i'm way stronger now yeah. the other thing too is having a lot of muscle tissue it takes a lot more blood a lot more oxygen right. and it it will uh, be, it can be a detriment to your stamina. And for people who are like, no, that's not true. Of course it is. This is why long-distance athletes and runners don't had, look all muscular. Yeah, they, they, yeah, their muscles, their bodies pared their muscle down to make them more efficient uh, at burning calories. Oh, so, I remember
3: just going through the summer trying to put on as much mass as possible just because of the position required. Uh, well, my coach wanted me 20 pounds heavier to be inside backer. I used to play outside and you're, you're going against guards that are like 350 pounds or so coming at you. And so having mass was actually something like you wanted to be able to stand your ground and and hold position, but also like, you know, mess up, uh, when, when they're coming like straight at you, like you have to like have more mass to be able to stand up. But I was so slow in, uh, just, just my reaction time went down, my endurance went down. So it's like you, you give up quite a bit when, when your pursuit is, you know, that that's that's my goal is to get bigger.
0: Yeah, because football involves tackling and there are no weight classes in football, then weight can make a – as long as it doesn't take away from your athleticism. If you're a bigger, heavier guy and you're running – and if even if you're running at the same speed as you ran before, yeah. you hit someone, that's a lot more momentum. Yeah,
3: and you kind of have to f- – Everybody has to kind of figure that out, like where your body weight, where you're best at uh optimizing, you know, and like I knew that, that was not my best me.
0: What's your guys's best uh athletic body weight? Do you guys know what that yeah, is for you? I do for sure.
3: Two oh five. Yeah, about two fifteen for me.
0: Two yeah. so so strong, fit, two fifteen yeah. and, and two oh five for you. Yeah, two oh
3: five was yeah, when I was real lean, snappy and powerful.
0: And I
2: guess it depends on what 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 constitutes athletic and what sport we're talking about? Because yeah,
0: well, you're talking football. I'm, I'm talking football. Just yeah, yeah,
2: and I'm talking basketball. So I'm I'm, I'm thinking like a basketball player. I want to be
0: so two fifteen is better for you than two hundred or two hundred five. Yeah, it's still
2: it's pretty close. Like between 200 and 215. At two fifteen, I've got enough mass and enough mass that when I'm playing in the post, you're not going to push me around at mm-hmm. two fifteen. Mm-hmm. I start getting below two hundred because I'm more, I'm faster. Jump higher. I'm quicker when I'm 190 to 200 in, in basketball, but I play a a four or a five typically if I'm playing basketball nowadays. And so then I, if I'm playing, I want to have I need to have some sort of mass so I don't get pushed around. When I was in high school, that was probably that was part of my weakness. Is I sprouted up. I, I started as a point guard, so I had good handles. And then I I shot up over six foot, and then all the coaches put me in the four and five slot. But then I was only like 170 pounds, so I just got punked. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I couldn't – for – as athletic as I was, I wasn't strong enough to bang under, underneath the hoop and hang. It wasn't until I got into strength training and lifting started to hit over 200 pounds. Then I started playing basketball. Then it then and I don't know what it's like to go against me, obviously, but you know the the feedback I would get from people that playing against me would be like,
3: "Fuck, you're so hard to move." Mm-hmm.
2: And that, I was the opposite when I was a kid. I got pushed around like crazy. Where I became this solid solid body yeah, around it was, 215. It was
3: interesting because I I saw quickly like when I was around 220 or so. Like how flat footed I would run. Like I would run with my heels touching and striking, and my whole foot was like really flat versus being up on the, the forefoot. Like it was a lot easier for me to run and cut and move and mm. uh, be explosive and powerful, like with less weight.
0: Yeah, for, for me, it was like 185. That's for like jujitsu, uh, judo. I just felt it's funny the feeling you have when you're when you feel optimal athleticism for yourself versus when you're feeling big and Mm -hmm. strong yeah it's such a different feeling totally different because I've gotten my body weight as high as in the 220's and I've even had my body weight up to 230 at one point
3: there's a fun element to it for sure yeah you walk around you're just like you know you feel like (laughs) this big mountain moving Uh but
0: when you're athletic you feel literally like you could just move like you could do whatever you want and do anything The feel, I think I prefer the athletic feeling now. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then I preferred the big. Oh, feeling. I
2: would I would prefer the athletic feeling now, but it I'm it's more realistic for me to feel like the big burly person because <laughs> the 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 effort to be athletic like that it's a lot of conditioning to to be mm-hmm. optimal like that and, and watching
0: uh, nutrition. Yes, no, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So it's definitely it's a lot more work to be, especially approaching forty years old. It's it's a lot easier to be. Uh, the big buff guy you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that just requires me eating enough calories lifting heavy. and lifting heavy yep. like and then that feels good and i still feel you know like do- like a dominant force but mm-hmm. i've i've actually been toying around with the idea of really especially uh, snowboarding a lot lately it's got me back in that feeling of like man i haven't really trained you know, fuck the aesthetics, not who cares about what I look like. Let's just see if, what kind of- multi movements. Yeah, let's just see how be. athletic that I can get again and get- and, I've been thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, so I've been toying around with the idea of letting the physique thing go. You know what and, got me
0: thinking that way was when I did Map Strong because of all the, the oh, yeah. different movements and stuff in it. And such it's such a fun program. It's still a strength-based program, but because I was doing all these different movements, I was like, God, you know, it's been a long time since I felt like I could- you know, I could I could roll, I could move. You know, it's been, and it's a good feeling. Yeah. And you're right. As I'm old, as I got older, I value that more than the. Well, Taylor and I big. talked
2: about this this weekend when we were riding together, and, and I notice this now that I don't I don't do a lot of things because of fear. I've been hurt enough in the last five years, so there's this hesitancy to do stuff that I wouldn't even think twice about. Yeah, like he was. I guess him and uh, Danny got in a foot race. The other day, they were talking shit when they were shooting videos for YouTube, and uh, and Taylor's like, nobody pulled the hammy, huh? Well, I get, and I guess Taylor got got beat, and like Taylor was oh, really no. pissed because he's just like, dude, he's like, I'm normally really fast. He's thirty now, right? So he's like, man, am I, is this happening to me now? Where like this kid, this kid that I should be able to smoke, like, got me, you know? And I just, and I said, yeah, dude, like now I have to if I'm gonna do the things that I could do when I'm my early twenties. I mean that's it's like months of training. Yeah, you gotta train. Yeah, it's like yeah. months of training and conditioning yeah. to get to that point. Yeah. And so I do. I I miss that that feeling of just being able to go. Yeah. If someone said, "Hey, yo, let's play a game of ball yeah. today." All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. Not it. right now. You gotta no, think about if, it. Oh, if somebody months, asked me, right now, absolutely not. It wouldn't even be questioned. <laughs> it wouldn't even. I wouldn't even think yeah. about it. I'm so on the other side of it where it's like, oh no, no way, I would do that. Like, no, I need a couple weeks minimum, if not months, to. Get ready for that, bro! Like, I had a moment like that
0: this man. morning. I was, I was in my bedroom and I came out of the closet and I actually I hit the my TV that was on the wall, and it it's on one of those arms that adjusted, but it felt like the TV was going to fall, <laughs> so I pivoted real fast to oh, catch dude. it. Yes, and I stopped and I held the TV oh. and I could feel that my body. <laughs> Almost got hurt. It didn't, bro. It didn't. I was so proud. I'm like, oh, oh my I, god! I did. Then I didn't get hurt.
3: Same thing this week. Like, so I was giving the the chicken some food, like some leftover uh, vegetable stuff, and I'm like throwing it in there. It's dark, and you know, I just threw this bucket of food in there, and then a bug like landed right on my head, and I freaked out, and I like tried to swat it really quick, and whew, that like fast twitch movement, like I seriously thought I tore my bicep off my arm. <laughs> it hurt so bad and then it was, like, it was sore all weekend uh, i was proud that it hurt I was myself. just
1: swatting something oh, son of a bitch next up is coach crosser how did you guys get good at communication is it because of years of practice or is it a skill you've been working on constantly Oh, I think it's a constant. I've never been good. You, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is a false question. You have to You have to
0: constantly work at it. But one of the greatest lessons I ever learned that I think took my level of communication to a whole new level was I, you know, as a young kid, I, I was a great salesperson out the gates. I was selling personal training left and right. I was breaking records. And then I worked uh, under somebody who was also an exceptional salesperson. And I I remember there was one moment where we were doing this presentation and there was this family that was thinking about enrolling in the gym and getting personal training and they just weren't reacting to me. They weren't, they weren't going to buy off of me. And he came in and very gently was able to change the course of the conversation. And they ended up enrolling and getting this membership with all this personal training and this, that, and the other. And I remember thinking at the time, like, Oh, they just liked him. You know, they don't like me. Sometimes people don't like you. And so after we were done, and this guy ended up becoming one of my, he was one of my first mentors and we're still good friends to this day. He sat me down and he goes, do you know why they bought from me and they didn't want to buy from you? And I said, no. I said, I think it's because they like you. And he goes, no, that's not why. (laughs) He uh, He says, you're really, really good at presenting and talking and telling, but you're not very good at listening. And he says, use your ears and your mouth in proportion. Listen twice as much as you talk. And I, it, it, it really struck me. Like, And I thought about how he communicated to these people because they needed to work out. It was an overweight family. They were unhealthy. I thought I was make, doing a good job, but I just wasn't doing a good enough job of listening. I was doing a lot of talking, which is why his method or whatever came across as so gentle. He was He didn't even have to say nearly as much as I did. Um, And it was quite effective. And so from that point on, I really started to really listen more. And I mean really listen, pay attention, hear what people have to say, ask questions, uh, learn body mannerisms. And later on, as I started teaching salespeople and trainers and other people how to to sell their products, this is the first thing that I would teach them. If you want to be a good communicator, you got to be a good listener. You will never become a great communicator if you don't learn how to listen. If you do that first, then the rest of it will follow. And it, but it, and of course, it takes time and practice.
2: I, I think it takes a, a really high level of emotional intelligence, social awareness, and self-awareness. Um, a lot of when I was getting into sales, like you Sal, I was reading a, a lot around this, and and I think it's a constant growth thing. I I, I don't think, in fact we were just talking about this before we went on air, so I'll share a story. Um, Rachel who works for us, she's, uh, her position is evolving and she's doing more and more to, to help us. She went full time the beginning of this year for us. And so part of scaling this business and, and, and evolving people's positions, like it's new what she's doing. Right. And she came in the other day to talk to us, um, about, uh, this potential trip that we would do, or we go out to Colorado and we film some stuff with Ned and, and I uh, basically shot it down really quick. And when I was probably in my early 20s, I wouldn't think nothing of it. I wasn't mean. I wasn't rude. I, wasn't I was just like, no, I shot But, you know, I've definitely developed my self and social awareness to question, like, was that the best approach? Could have I have said that differently? How did that affect her emotionally? Even though she didn't get mad, she didn't react differently. But I, I now... Have ha- I've developed this skill that even when I say something and there, there's no ripples or anything afterwards for me to sit down and evaluate this. This also happens a lot, I think, when uh, Sal and I get into arguments. Uh, many times behind the scenes, people don't know or see... You know, uh, and it's yeah, all we, yeah. We hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we. You know, it's it's just about uh, you know we're all the four of us are in and we're we're talking about a potential direction of the company or talking about a staff person whatever and we disagree and we go back and forth and it's heated why it's happening because the emotions are running and we each feel passionately about uh, what we had to say. But something that I, I, I greatly appreciate about him, and I know that I possess this this skill set also, is as soon as we leave the room, I'm not fuming, still going like, fucking Sal, I can't believe that, and venting to myself or venting to someone else about how stupid he is or this or that. What I'm actually doing as soon as I leave is I'm completely evaluating my side from his perspective. I'm trying to really, now that we're away from each other... I'm really trying to see it from his perspective and what he saw and and find arguments to support his argument. And that right there, I think, has evolved my ability to communicate because the more you practice that, the more you can do it real time. So then when those moments happen again, instead of reacting emotionally all the time, you start to process that in the brain and go, you know, is this one of those moments where I'm about to say something to Rachel And I know what type of personality she has. I know how certain things can affect her. And I can say it this way because I'm that type of a person. I'm very direct. But I also know that it could affect her a certain way that could potentially spin her out. Now, a really good communicator has that ability to process that while it's happening real time and adjust the way they present information. Mm. And so I think developing your emotional intelligence, your self-awareness, your social awareness, is is a really, really good asset when it comes to becoming an effective communicator because it's it's really easy to be somebody who talks a lot and says a lot of shit because you're smart and you have a lot of information, but being able to understand how the person who's receiving it, how they could potentially be thinking or how they could potentially be receiving this information you're giving is a
3: very important Mm -hmm. tool to have because then it will change how you present a lot of things. So you guys sort of, I mean are peeling back from that perspective. I would probably, it's probably in reverse order of that for me in terms of how I've been addressing this and, in being self-critical and looking at how to be a more effective communicator. And one thing I've always possessed more, the ability to listen and to uh, really digest what the intent and in, in context, uh, what people are uh, presenting to me and evaluating what, uh, how much of it I subscribe to or, uh, what I would counter with. And it just, I live in my head when I'm sitting in a conversation. Um, and so this has been a challenge because I can a lot more effectively articulate and communicate my point in writing. And this Mm. is something that has always been, uh, more of the strength of mine. Um, when, when I have the ability to really, uh, sort of ponder, um, more of the points that were being made and I can, I can take my time with it. But so (laughs) to be able to now, um, evaluate on the fly and then be more open to, uh, throwing out opinions before I've really, um, thoroughly assessed whether or not that's, that's what I believe. That's what I'm presenting is my, Um, opinion that I've thought through has been really challenging and that's why I hold back a lot because I don't I don't necessarily I wasn't comfortable with doing that like to just throw out like well I have an opinion Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, unless I've really like had a lot of time in that subject matter
0: yeah you know the First off, with with really, really, and by the way, I like to talk about sales when I talk about communication because it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing, and in, in, in people, there's a negative stigma around the word sales. Uh, but the reality is, if you're really in a, if you're a really good salesperson, you're just an incredible communicator. And, and step number one is you have to have integrity first and foremost. I was just gonna say yeah. the, the
2: important the importance of being honest with yourself and your feelings is such a key component. Yeah.
0: Otherwise, you're just a manipulator, and really? manipulators they get away with uh, communicating at a certain level and there's people who are really good at manipulating, but they're never going to be great uh, communicators because their integrity, unless they buy their own bullshit. And I've actually met people like that before where they buy their own shit and that's how they kind of get around that. Um, But you have to have that integrity, number one. Know what your desired uh, outcome is. What's the intent? So if my intent is to... Let's say I'm talking to a family member who's uh, – we'll talk about health and fitness since that's the, that's our, our realm, right? I'm, let's say I'm talking to a family member who's unhealthy, and they're overweight, um, and they're, they don't exercise. They eat poorly, and they just got uh, – you know, they just had a heart attack, and they survived. So I'm going to go meet with this family member, and my intent is – I know, like I know for sure, because this is my field. I know that exercise, and I know that changing eating habits – will greatly improve their life and greatly reduce the chances that they'll have another heart attack and die. And I care about this person. So my desired outcome, my intent is to be able to get them to understand what I understand already. Mm -hmm. And that's my integrity, by the way. I'm not getting them to understand something I don't believe in or to buy something I think is bullshit. I'm trying to get them to understand what I know to be true already. And so how I communicate that is extremely important. Because if I just tell them, remember, selling is not telling. If if I just tell them a bunch of shit, oh, exercise is this, and I haven't really paid attention to how uh, they would like to be communicated to or what's going to be effective to them, I'm not going to be. They're it's not going to help receive them. Receive it as well. I, they're not going to receive it. It's not going to help them. Yeah. So that's why listening is so important. When I say listening, I mean all of it. You know, Adam refers to it as social intelligence and emotional intelligence. That's all listening in the sense that. Your your understanding how the how you need to communicate to someone to be truly effective, so that you could literally take what you know and understand and transplant it to their brain. If I could do that, if I had a USB cable where I could plug it into my brain and plug it into yours, I wouldn't need to be a great communicator. I wouldn't need to convince you of shit. If I knew of something to be the most best awesome thing, I could just plug it into your brain, boom, we're done. You'd wake up and be like, oh yeah, that's the best, most awesome thing. But instead I have to use words. And so I have to learn how to be, I'll tell you what, if you want to get really good at communicating besides practicing, which is number one, uh, take some sales courses because sales courses have actually more than anything else have broken this down, have broken down how to communicate ideas to other people so that they'll start to receive them. The other thing I would say is watch other uh, great communicators. And there's different types of communication. Like there's there's uh, there's communication to an individual. So if I'm sitting in front of someone, and it's just me and one person. There's what makes up excellent communication there. There's communication to a small group, a large group, and then to a camera. All of these require different types of, uh, of skills in communication. And so I would observe all of them. I mean, I learn a lot from, I'll watch YouTube videos on TED Talks. And sometimes I'm watching the Ted talk because I want to learn what they're talking about. Sometimes I'm just watching how they're communicating mm. because some of them are so compelling that you're like, wow, they did such a good job communicating. You know, you, you can watch pastors. If you go to some really popular churches, some of these pastors are like brilliant communicators. That's why they're up there doing what they're doing. Oh yeah. Uh, you could watch, uh, you know, other public speakers. You could, like I said, go to sales courses listen to other salespeople communicating, pick up sales books, uh, and then practice. And, and one of the ways you can practice is you can take, I used to love having my salespeople do this all the time. I'd have them role play. So I'd tell one sales guy, you pretend to be the customer, you give them at least three objections um, and come up with you know answers to the questions. You, your job is to try to get them to want to become fit and healthy and then I'd have them go. And at first they feel kind of silly, but the more you do it, well, you know you, the better you get at. It. You
2: glazed over something that was probably the most pivotal moments in my sales career um and just management and leadership too uh, when my buddy or who became my buddy who was a mentor of mine at the time uh got me to really understand desired outcome and I'll never forget it it was a phone call that I had made to him we we we'd, we'd, we'd worked together early on in our careers and we then he moved to another facility And when I needed someone to vent to, or I had, he was definitely a mentor. So I'd reach out to him, I'd call him, and then he would talk me through a lot of stuff. And most of the time, uh, I would call him before I did something, you know, where I was frustrated. There would Either my boss had just did something that pissed me off and I wanted to fire off an email, or I wanted to say something, or an employee did something that made me want to fire them or do something. And I would call him first to vent to them about what just happened. And he would always call. And of course, you know, when you're venting to someone about a situation like that, I'm going to fucking light them up. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, and you're saying all the shit you're going to do. And he'd let me get it all off my chest and he'd say, okay, take a deep breath. What's your desired outcome? What do you mean? What's my desire? What's your desired outcome? What do you want to happen from this conversation? What is the most optimal thing for you to happen from this conversation? And then I'd say, well, you know, I want them to stop doing that and I want them to be a great trainer. And I want, okay, so now ask yourself if what you're about to go do, what you're about to go say, what you're about to go write, the way you're going to respond, do you believe that is the best route in order for you to get that desired outcome? And that was just like a, mind blown right there for me. And it's something that I've taught to many other leaders to understand before you go into a conversation is to really think about the desired outcome. And really what it's teaching you to do is to separate your emotions. Like we do so many things based off of an emotional reaction that happens to us. And those of us that can train ourselves to separate the emotions and think very logically about this, like, okay, this is what I want to happen from this. Is this the best approach to that? It's probably not mm-hmm. right, if I want my trainer to be better and good, and even though I'm angry right now because they fucked up or did something, me flashing on them is that the best now some people it might be you know we've talked about this before, you know I've had employees that that do that sometimes they need a swift kick in the ass and letting them know they fucked up is the best way to get them back on track, but not everybody, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to process that at a high speed and go. Is this the best approach for that desired outcome? I think that's an incredible. And point.
0: this the self awareness part you you've been saying is is important because sometimes people don't know how to put into words exactly what they're feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like they they can't say I'm frustrated because of this. What ends up coming out is is anger, uh, or what ends up coming out is emotion. And then when you really boil it down, you ever get an argument with someone, or you get an argument with your girlfriend or your wife or whatever, and and at the very end of it, both of you realize, like, oh, we just weren't like we weren't able to really communicate what we really felt. That whole fight was over something real small. Right, we're but, both saying the same thing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and it's 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 true. So, but but you just gotta, if it, if it, if this is something you want to get good at, you will you will get better at it if you practice. Yep. It's just like any other skill. You'll get better at it. Some people, of course, are, are, are better at it than others naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't you know, I don't know if it's a genetic thing. I think part of it is just how you're I, I think it's what you're used to. I used to get in arguments all the time with my mom. My dad used to get mad at my mom because he would say, Why do you let him argue so much? You know, my dad's very authoritarian. Just tell him he can't. And my mom would actually let me sit there and make my case and we'd have these long arguments and debates well, and go I back would, and forth. I would
2: argue that. So 100% uh, I think that a lot of this is develop Be- The beginning development of this happens as a child and how you had to communicate in your family. And uh, you know, I'll never forget when I pieced that together, same mentor was in my car with me and my, this is like early twenties. I'm only like 22 right now at this time. And my mom calls at that time. I had the on star speaker thing inside my truck. I just turn it on and he's in the, he hears the conversation between my mom and I. And I'm just having a, what I think is a normal conversation with my my mom and, and I hang up the phone and he goes, that's where you got it from. And I'm like, what? He's like, that's where your your skills have come from. And it was, my mom has been like one of the hardest people for me ever to communicate with. And we used to argue forever, all the time about everything. And I used to get really frustrated as a kid. And because quickly I would learn that, you know, as the parent, I always lose in Trump. So it's, it's, it. it Caused me to have to sharpen my skills on how I present my argument, and that was it was at a survival as a kid because you don't think about that you're not processing that way, but so I came into the sales field with that kind of natural skill set that had been developed to me as a child. I would argue you were Mm -hmm. the same way, but you can you still where I'm at today and then is light years apart. You develop that. To come to to becoming a really effective communicator, yeah. you recognize that you have that, and then you build a, build upon it.
0: That's why I like watching um, I like watching political debates a lot because I watch how they because polit- politicians are not communicating to each other. When you're watching a debate, although they're referring to each other and they look like they're talking to each other, they're communicating to the people watching, mm-hmm. and they really don't give a shit about convincing right. the other person. They could care less. What they're trying to do is convince everybody else that's watching. And so it's actually quite brilliant in their stupidity. When you listen to politicians are brilliant at taking this simple is, things and making is, them complex. This is or, why people mm-hmm.
2: think th- th- I, th- I laugh when people call Trump an idiot because th- there's something very brilliant about the way he communicates.
0: Dude. Because it
2: gets all you fuckers talking about him and talking
0: you know, shit. Like he did this tweet. And I don't remember what he'd said, but he did this tweet and he misspelled Obama's name. <laughs> and all these people mm. shared it, making fun. Oh, look, you know, is he doing this on purpose just to whatever? Is he, and somebody identified him like this brilliant fucker did that on purpose, so all you guys would share it. Yeah. Because everybody read the tweet. Right. You know what I mean? And I was like, this guy is really playing judo on people in, in many sure. different ways. And so it's funny when you watch, again, I like watching politicians because I'm like, I know why, how that's you a, said that. And what, you know?
2: That's a good book, uh, Verbal Judo. So, so uh, along the lines of communication and what we're talking about, that's a good read. I uh, mm-hmm. read that a long time ago, so that's a good one to pick up. But uh, it, reading Verbal Judo, any books um, on emotional emotional intelligence 2.0 is really good. Uh, John C. Maxwell talks a lot about um, uh, self-awareness and things mm-hmm. like that in his leadership book. So
0: My first sales book was, uh, was I think, Tom Hopkins, uh, and then I read some Zig Ziglar. old school, by the ah. way. Yeah, old school sales guys, um, but it's basic stuff. They'll they'll kind they of formula, it's formulaic, um, but it's a good place to start if you're looking to to read something on this. Um, look, go to mindpumpfree.com and download any one of our guides for free. They cost nothing at all, and they're very informative. Go check them out. You can also find us on Instagram our personal pages. Right, so my page is mindpumpsal. Justin is Mind Pump Justin, and Adam is Mind Pump Adam.
1: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic.